What can we expect from season Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, we saw a lot with your character last season, kind of trying to, like, processing grief, processing the loss of a... Danden, Danden. Welcome to Danden Bravo, a podcast news magazine, a cultural platform that unveils the most impactful cultural moments of a single year. And the year in question this episode is 1999. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Happy new millennium! Almost. Almost, but I, I got a little ahead of myself. It's still only 1999. Great. great. Wow, happy 99. Hello. Hello. Uh, great Africa song. 99? Africa song. You know the band Africa? <laughs> uh, Toto. <laughs> yeah, the band Toto. Oh, Brandon's frozen, I think. <laughs> He's oh, is that what's happening? He's, yeah, he's definitely frozen. <laughs> uh, classic. <laughs> Somehow I feel like it's my fault. <laughs> is that Brandon? <laughs> yes, I am. Brandon. New Brandon. <laughs> wow, new Brandon. Let's go with it. Yeah. We recast Brandon. <laughs> right. <laughs> what's up? I, I'm doing great. Uh, it's not really what? Brandon, the recast. It's uh, our good old friend, He's not an old guy, but like he's an old friend of ours named right. Zach Jones. He's been on the podcast many times, but not in a long time. So welcome it's back. It's been a minute. Several seasons, you know. Damn. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Zach. Zach is our first guest in two seasons. We haven't had is any guests true? in two seasons. Yeah, we didn't do anything for because since we've gone remote, we haven't had any guests. I think we're just too nervous about like audio stuff, I guess. <laughs> I, or right. not wanted, we're not wanting to put effort into like messing with that. <laughs> like, I think it's mostly what it is. Not a lack of interest. Everyone's clamoring to get on the show. We have to, we've had to turn a lot of people down. <laughs> Tons of people we've had to turn away. Extremely high standards for audio in order to get on the show. <laughs> Gutenberg. Gutenberg's been calling us constantly I trying know. to get on the show. We had to turn him away. Him away. After his yeah. cameo appearance. Right. Um, yeah. He wanted to record on his phone. You can't, you can't no. do that. This is a serious podcast. It's not cameo. This is this is a real podcast. But uh, very happy to get Zach on the show, and we're going to all introduce ourselves soon. As Brandon checks back in here, I think yeah, he, I think he's got the Zoom figured out. Do we now. have word from Brandon that he's alive and well. His mouth is moving, but I hear nothing. He ain't saying shit though. <laughs> what happened? Almost. Let's see. Hello. <laughs> Speak up, son. <laughs> All right, we may have to actually consider a recast. Um, what are some? Uh, what's like like a good uh, recast? An example of a good recast. Oh, we just did a show. We just did a show about this. Uh, Val Kilmer. Oh yeah. right. Right. Didn't um Family Matters? No, not Family Matters. Uh, Family Matters cut. Uh, one they of the cut daughters one of the daughters, daughters right? 
Yes. So no, no recast. Just cut that. No, yes. From their. Uh, just, they just they just got rid of yeah what they call Chuck Cunningham syndrome. <laughs> When when a character uh, just disappears for reasons on on uh, oh yeah you know. that was a big thing on Happy Days right wasn't that right oh. yeah on Happy Days was yeah. it the brother R- Richie had an older brother Chuck who was in the first two seasons and then when I, and the, so then since then it's when a character is there and then disappears it's said that they die of Chuck Cunningham syndrome <laughs> <laughs> wow they recast the mom in Fresh Prince. Yeah, That's I, right. I think that one's generally considered not a... Not uh, a good recast. Not a good recast. Oh, interesting. Uh, All right, Brandon, do we have word that you're back? Yeah. Hey, welcome to the show. I just zoned out. You guys are having a pretty bad conversation, so I just kind of zoned out for a long time. <laughs> well, it's that kind of attitude, which is why you got replaced. <laughs> which, when you listen back to the show, you'll see what actually happened to your job. <laughs> I'm still the captain now, and I, there's still an actor that I've never been able to... Th- I can think of the name that I think Zach looks like, and I always have thought it was one of the guys on the Captain Phillips boat, so it's, that's appropriate that I'm still the captain. Ooh. <laughs> Is it Tom Hanks? Oh, yeah. Chet, Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks. Is, is Chet Hanks the one who thinks he's Jamaican? Yeah. Yeah. He just claimed it's White Boy Summer. His new video is all about White Boy Summer. It's it's the best. Hashtag White Boy Summer. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Summer. <laughs> Can't wait. Doesn't he go by Chet Hayes, too? Isn't that, like, his name? Mm-hmm. That's his rap Chet, name. Chet, Chet name. Okay, gotcha. His real name is Chester. Oh. So... He decided to go by Chet. He specifically says like it's not a bro movement. Like he's like I don't want I don't want to see people wearing Sperry's. He says I don't like. And his whole Instagram story, he's like it's not. You better not be wearing plaid. This is for like Jack Harlow and John B. And like, like these are the guys he references as White Boy Summer. <laughs> like that's the kind of White Boy Summer he's looking for. Like like the the area of white guys that Dave really specifically likes. <laughs> <laughs> guys like Jack Harlow and like Post Malone. Uh, yep. <laughs> Those right. are my white boys. All right, let's introduce ourselves, I guess. Yeah, so uh, I I'm I'm the captain, the leadoff hitter, the uh, I'm the Y2K bug. Oh, I like that. I'm the one. I'm the one on the New Year's Eve countdown. Presenter Brandon. Uh, what's up? It's Dan and Bravo. It's the last one. It's the last Bravo of the '90s. We've we've done it. We've completed the whole decade. We've completed the millennium, the century. We've done a Bravo for every year of the century. Let us get the show finished first before you say that. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen in the next. Why show. are you the, Why do you get? To, why do you get to be the Y2K bug? Technology. What, like one. Like yeah, but you're, what does that have to do with you being presenter number one? I don't get it. I don't know. When you're the leadoff presenter, you can you can you can say it. All right, um, presenter Danny here. Presenter number two, the second favorite, the silver medalist. Um, I don't know. Like just second place, vice principal. You know. Um, yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> but excited about this year. Excited about our guest. Um, as we said. A minute or two ago, I think um, it's uh, the first time that we have had a guest in two seasons. Haven't had a guest in two seasons. So uh, excited for that. He's ending the drought. Yeah, but uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, happy to be here. Excited for the show. It's been really dry in the Dan and Brave world. 
happy to have some Zach moisture. Um, but I'm presenter three, the baby of the bunch, triple play, triple nipple. And, um, I cover the celebrity gossip <laughs> segment, <laughs> the art segment, the fashion segment, and the, where are they nows? So think of me as that guy. Oh, are we doing that? Can we all do that? Can we say all our segments? I like that. You're ready to introduce what? yourself. Yeah, but now I want to do that now. Brandon, can you do that for your stuff first, please? Well, I sort of did. I did the technology. I, I the technology. Sometimes I do books. Barely I do books. Sometimes I do musicals. Uh, sometimes I do food. And all the times I do movies. And uh, who died and who lived. Nice. Um, back to Danny. Thank you. I do the weather. I cover our toys and games segment as Little Kid Danny. I talk about <laughs> sports for the year and uh, television. And I don't have any rotating segments. It's a waste of time to have like a like decide like, you know, maybe I'll do this one this week or, the, or this one you know, for this show. I have my set stuff. I stick to it as, as presenter number two, the middle child. Yes. And we have a very fantastic guest that we already introduced but let's introduce him uh, in an official way. Mr. Zach Jones. Hello. Hello. Welcome I'm back. I'm happy to be here. I, I don't have any segments of my own. I'm sort of just going to provide some, uh, you know, some commentary in the vein of, of uh, Hal Sparks or Godfrey. Might have in the, in the classic <laughs> I Love the 90s. I, I, don't, I don't have my own segments, but I'm going to have a lot of fun today. We hope so. What was the last episode you were on, Zach? Was it the Power Hour or was it um, White Palace? It, it, on the same night, we recorded uh, the White Palace episode and then the uh, the Family's Power Hour. Right. Yes. And then gotcha. and then I was a contributor for uh, Dandily Dude, uh, but that was oh, my, oh, right. that oh, was wow. my last. Yeah. That was my Dandy last episode. Uh, yeah, the White Palace and the Power Hour, also called the White Power Night of recording. <laughs> <laughs> Very famously referred to as Very the White famous. Power Night. <laughs> I mean, it, it, if you can save that many words, yeah, you, 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 you simply have to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. The legendary White Power Night. Yeah, the legendary White Power Night. It's great to have a guest back on the show, you know, in the last year when it's been the most difficult time in the world to get guests on a podcast you know that's why we didn't have any guests on because it's been notoriously difficult to get any guests uh to have computer access for one year uh so we're glad to have zach be the one to uh break the seal and come back on the show it's uh it's an honor zach to have you back well we've been so precautious because you know like you're not really supposed to have that many guests into your homes during right. this time period. So we kind of took that even more literal to the extension of podcast guest. So we're doing yeah. it for the safety of our, ourselves and um, our listeners, I, th yeah. I think. I think it's time, Dan, Danny, for you to... Uh, well, a couple things I want to address with Zach first before I jump into the weather. Um, okay. Number oh. one, Zach is our only contest participant. And when I said that... You, if anybody oh. could show that they actually listen to oh, the Danden yeah. Bravo format with like a screenshot that they're listening to it. But then in the same episode, I took it back. I was like, you know what? A screenshot isn't good enough. You need to show video of yourself <laughs> listening to the whole episode because if you just show the end of it, we're like, nice try. You skipped ahead. <laughs> Zach showed me the screenshot, which doesn't technically count, but I think we're going to allow it. So I will be vendoring Zach. I think I said $1. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe it's a I penny. It could a be a penny. It might have to be a penny. I got to look into the budget. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, for yeah. showing that Treasurer he looked, Dan. For We've lost that, a lot of money um, over the weeks. Yeah. So. It's been tough. Yeah, you know, not really generating much revenue during a pandemic. It's hard. But I've been I've been gambling the podcast fund away. That's true. Oh, no. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Brandon put a lot of the podcast fund into um, AMC stock. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> happy that Zach is probably our only listener that does the listens to the entire Dan and Bravo uh, format. So before we jump in, Zach, what what can you just give us quick critique of this show? What you like the best and what you don't like the best about this show? This is what I'm always most curious about. Uh, so for anyone who uh, who is listening to this and and is thinking. How do I make it to the end of a Dan and Brave episode? <laughs> I recommend that you can take breaks. You can you can listen to an hour of Dan and Bravo. It, it, it is it is a segmented podcast. You can listen to an hour of it and then listen to a different, shorter podcast and then come back to Dan and Bravo. It will always be there, mm-hmm. and it is usually yeah. about a year. So it is. It, it's not like things are going to. I listen to a lot of, you know, sports and politics podcasts where if you miss it after like a day or two, you 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 just wait for the next one because right. it, it, it's played out at that point. Dan and Bravo, if you stop listening to 1996 for a bit and go back later, 1996 will still be relevant. Totally. So I would say those listening, you can take a break and come back to these. And uh even though they uh, explain the rules uh, to every podcast every time at the beginning, <laughs> just sort of uh, you can you can gain a sort of uh, you know just just let that let that go let it flow uh, start to appreciate the sort of differences in how because none of the rules that are ever given are ever the same or in the same order. Yeah, hundred percent. So um, you know it's like. It's like when you listen to like James Brown and he has like 16 different versions of each song and you learn to appreciate how he doesn't do the same thing every time. Exactly. Th- that's how you have to treat the explaining of the rules section of, of a Dan and Brave podcast. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, off the cuff, favorite segment in Dan and Bravo, least favorite segment in Dan and Bravo. You got to answer. Uh- and okay, we'll cut uh, them tonight. We'll cut them tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> and we'll do one. Tw- the one that you like the most, we'll do twice. Okay. <laughs> I, I, would, I would say I learned the most uh, from the fashion segment God. because it's just yeah. something I don't know a lot about. Yeah. I, the one that gets me riled up with like the, the most like opinions is probably the sports Oh, wow. uh, segment. I, that that's the one that sort of most taps things in me that I like. I've sort of forgotten about where, like you say, like the home run contest, and then my brain like okay, like the Proustian Madeline cookie. Like I I sort of get that <laughs> right that that flashback from. And um, okay, so I mean the one that we're gonna get out we're gonna do first if we're going by regular uh, segment is weather, which. <laughs> It's just you're just starting your podcast by listing some tragedies. There are very rarely good weather stories. It's almost exclusively something. Now just... I want to I want to add an additional commentary. We've kind of touched on this a couple of weeks ago. When I when I kind of threw the idea out for Dan to do like for someone to do the weather. Yes. 
Dan took the tragedy thing and ran with it. I never imagined that that's what it would become. I always just thought it was just going to be like a goofy little lead off the show with the with the weather. Like I don't know what I thought, but I, okay, Brandon. What? But can you tell me of your entire life one uh, like positive weather story you remember? <laughs> I just thought it would be nice and sweet to say, hey, listen, in May of 1996 in uh, Nebraska, it, it hit a, a century high of 896 degrees and that was it i don't know like just give a little sample a little sample of the year it particularly that it's the starting segment is really (laughs) what like it just starts the show on a very specific note yeah i hate doing this i don't like i don't like like doing this i think it's the worst and dumbest part of the show i don't know why we do it i have no idea why you guys like it like we're at the last year here so i'm gonna do it again but i i've never got it why brandon and dave like insist and like think it's like david said before he thinks it's great and funny like I, I love the weather. I do like the weather because it's a palate, uh, I don't know, cleanser. <laughs> In my mind. But hey, listen, maybe we could put it at the end since it's such a downer. Right. It Who seems. cleanses their palate at the start of something? That's true. Why do you we don't need eat all the ginger the minute you get your sushi? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, look, look, it's too late. I've got this whole, I've got this, I've got this whole thing about the uh, hailstorm in Sydney, Australia, prepared. So, oh boy. All right. Well, so, what, what are we finally going to do? A jumble of segments, which I've been pushing for. It's our last year to do that. I, I want to do the jumble. We're not doing that. We can do a thing where it's like Zach's call. He he says a segment. Oh, I would and love we that. We do it. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Okay. So Dan, I, uh, Zach curates the show. He the show. Yeah. But, but Zach, you can't have us go back to back. I guess okay. maybe more than twice. More okay. than twice. I and can't. I, I'll have to try my best to remember who does. That's each fine. Segment. Oh, and the last thing, Zach, I wanted to say is more of a personal note. Mm. The, one of the last times you were on the show, we were talking about like so, like concerts we saw. I forget what show it was. Oh, I think it might have been like the look back episode we do at the end of the year. I think you were on one of that shows too. And I, I was. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you saw Thundercat live, right? And this is such a weird and specific compliment I'm gonna I'm gonna make. You said that you saw a Thundercat show and you were like, Oh yeah, it it ruled. For some reason, Zach, you said that. That word has entered my vocabulary now all the time. <laughs> and I say it on the show all the time. And it's a oh. word I never used to say. But it's because you said that and it triggered something in my brain where now things that are good, I say, oh, yeah, that rules. This ruled. I never used to say that. I say rules a lot now, too. It's from Zach. I'm telling you guys, I think it's from Zach. I don't think it's just me. I think it's sort of come back in sort of a way that like because there was there was probably a point where we all said it. And then like the least cool kid in third grade just said things ruled all the time. and (laughs) And then it's sort of. It was very '90s I, it, to me, and then I definitely. think I, I think it's sort of come back around. It has now, definitely swung back around. Yeah. Right. Yes. If I can say before we go into the uh, actual uh, ev- events of 1999, I, if I can just uh, say a personal thing, uh, Danny, this is the year we met. I, I, you know, I thought so. I was thinking like this. This feels like the era that where I, I met Zach, like when I was putting this together, because we always like yes. to talk about like what year, what grade we were in, which we'll get to. Right. We were we were in uh, summer camp, nineteen ninety nine. Yes. At Kids stop. Kids uh, stop summer camp. Kids stop. Uh, yes. Kids stop. And met. I met Danny this year, and then the following year, and then did not see him again until uh, two thousand four. Right until high school. That's <laughs> wow. correct. That is. Yeah. It was a. Uh, Mm-hmm. Five-year absence. It was fate. 
Faith brought us back together. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, to me, the big things I associate with that summer uh, that like we talked about a lot were Pokemon and Backstreet Boys, which were both covered <laughs> in previous years, yes. which means we were just two kids who were so far beyond the times. <laughs> we were not trendy at all. We were several <laughs> years behind. Wow. Yeah, that's, um, that's fair. And... Um, yeah, spoiler, I'll be talking about Pokemon again this year. Okay, it, it, it all just, right. Oh, maybe then we weren't as far behind uh, as I thought. Well, it, it comes. This, this is when it comes back. To, this is when it comes to the this U.S. This is the year Pokemon okay. Go comes out. This is the United States Pokemon explosion year. So, like, I kind of regret even talking about it before on the show yeah, because this every, is the big... it was all it was all Japan before. This is the U.S. year for Pokemon. And I was gonna. That's what I'm gonna explosion. get to. So, there's some new stuff. Like, I get more to the cards, but I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, okay. I did want to say one more thing before we fully get into it. For the listeners that don't have the stamina to make it to the end, I wanted to give Zach his chance to talk about uh, his Twitch show and, and talk about what's going on with that. Uh, I tried tuning in one night, and then I wound up watching like wrestling clips for 30 minutes waiting for it to start, <laughs> realizing that I had missed it by a half hour, and so I don't know what I was watching. But then the second time I tuned in, I think was the second episode, and, and Zach was going on a rant about Grover Cleveland, which was very fitting because listeners of the show know that the Groveland Cleveland Award and Board Bills is like very heavy into the lore. So it was nice to turn, tune in to see Zach talking about Grover Cleveland. But Zach, you want to talk about that for a minute? Yes, I, I have a show uh, that is Thursday nights on Twitch. Um, it, it is on the Too Much Bread Studios uh, account. Uh, that's, that's at 2MB Studios on Twitch. Uh, they're a wonderful group with a lot of good comedy shows, and uh, we have a show uh, called uh, Left Night with Kendra Dossie. The, uh, the co-host is Kendra Dossie. Uh, they are wonderful. Uh, I am the co-host, and we will talk about uh, uh, sort of uh, daily, you know, current events and pop culture through a sort of uh, 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 socialist lens, because uh, <laughs> we're, we're filthy commies and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, so if you want to if you want to check that out, it, it is on Thursdays at seven thirty on Twitch on Two MB Studios. We try to be funny. A lot of times we're too mad about the week to be particularly funny, <laughs> uh, but uh, I uh, there there are at least fifteen to twenty people who like us enough to watch weekly. So, <laughs> cool, awesome. So Zach, as you could tell, haven't even started the show yet. We're like probably like forty five <laughs> minutes in, <laughs> and the show hasn't started. So this is what happens. Um, yeah. So, but. Take Zach's advice. Doesn't need to be all in one sitting. Hello. No. <laughs> Remember when that that like chart came out, the infographic of like how to watch The Irishman, and like if you wanted to split <laughs> it up into, into four viewings. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna say The Irishman is as uh, strong of a cultural uh, presence as Dandan Brave, but <laughs> it is similar in length, so you right. can do that. Yes. Yeah. Snyder yeah. cut. We're we're the Snyder cut. Well, yeah. So Zach, why don't you then curate the show? Tell us what you want to hear first. Let's just oh. uh, let's do uh, it. I mean, since we since we got a taste of it, I think we we got to go straight with Lil Kid Danny, right? Wow. Ooh. Okay. How about that? <laughs> Whoa! I, I'm thro I'm scared. As a little as a little kid, um, I'm scared. I'm nervous. <laughs> little oh. kids hate to be the first to do anything. Oh, my, my clips. What am I? Gonna, I don't have my clips ready. Dandin, dandin. All right, so we'll jump in. It is Little Kid Danny here with the 1999 Toys and Games segment. Yay! Hey, guys. Hey, Little Kid Danny. Hey, Zach. Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, and then uh, first we jump right into Toy Dant, the toy uh, section. 
within the uh, larger segment for 1999. So I uh, spoiled this a bit already. I'll jump into it in a second, but I, I use like different US and UK websites to try and like determine what like the toy trends and like sales are. The last couple of years, it's been universal. You know, I, I talked about Furby, I talked about Tickle Me Elmo, every website I went to, those were the big toys of, the, of those years. This year, it was fairly universal, but I did go on a UK website that said, uh, there's a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire board game that was really popular this year. So that oh, was... I had that. That was something. It was a, a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game was pretty big. Yeah. Um, I made a million dollars. Yeah? Yeah, I won. I won. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. You want to... They you, give you a million if you, they if you give, win. They give you a million. Wow. <laughs> Good. They quickly stopped selling it because they were losing <laughs> so much money. Yeah, crazy. Wow, good for you, Dave. That's great. Thank you. But um, with toys and games this year, this is, as I said already, this is a big Pokemon year in the U.S. You know, we have the different Pokemon games for Game Boy Color are really blowing up. But this is really when the Pokemon trading card frenzy hits the United States. Oh. That That's like the huge thing in 1999. Yeah. And I, th I think we haven't said it yet, but it's me, Brandon, and Dave are all fourth grade going into fifth grade. I got to finally leave third grade, if you listen to the show. I've been in third grade for a number of years <laughs> at this point. Uh, but I think it's fourth grade going into fifth grade, so this checks out. Uh, this I remember was all over the trade magazines. The trading cards? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when I got into the trade magazines. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I have a clip here that I want to play. It's called Insider's Guide to Pokemon Tournaments. Ooh. Okay, so it's like inside like an actual like Pokemon trading card tournament. It's a video from 1999. Okay, I'm going to play a couple minutes of this clip here. Let me know if it's too loud. There you go. What I like best about Pokemon is all the different characters. They're, they're, they're so cute in some of them. They're all different. <laughs> I like that. Pokemon has swept the nation. In fact, the it's world. Guy Fieri guy. Obviously, it's reached the jungle. Has it not? Oh, yeah, the drum beats out there are all saying that it's the latest thing. It's definitely reached all the far corners of the earth. We've got all the monkeys, that's all they do. They sit around and they play in Pokemon tournaments all day long. Well, I like Pokemon because it's fun to play. These things will be worth something in a few years. And it's just a good way to have fun. What's your favorite Pokemon character right now? Um, there's one called Sandshrew. It evolves into Sand um, Slash. He's like, he digs, he's like a little mouse or something. My favorite Pokemon character, that's interesting. It's, I got multiple favorites. Mewtwo is one, my favorite one. Crazy Psychic, I like Psychic Pokemon. But I also <laughs> like Pony, uh, Rapidash, which is the evolved form of Ponyta. So, because he's the fastest Pokemon. I think my favorite Pokemon character would be Squirtle. I like Charmander, Charmeleon, and Charizard a lot. I also like Aerodactyl. My favorite Pokemon character is Squirtle. I think my favorite Pokemon character is Charmander, I think. Or Pikachu, because everybody loves that one. That's weak. What about you? What I like, who, who I like best is Pikachu. He's so cute. <laughs> I like Beedrill. Uh, flies around. It has Seems like a, like a Beedrill kid. And it yeah, helps yeah, people Beedrill. with spears. Blastoise, probably. Him and Kangaskhan. Yeah. Blastoise. <laughs> Very war imagery. Favorite card in the world. Whoa! Hi, you're tuned into Where Are They Now? 
Oh. Sitting on my knee is last uh, year. It's in a Dave segment. Where are they now? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to point that out. These kids suck. Are we kidding with these kids and these what, Pokemon? You, really? The, the one kid, the one kid said his favorite Pokemon is Sandshrew. Yeah, God. that's bad. Sandshrew is. You kidding yeah, me with Sandshrew? That's terrible lame. answer. No, actually, most of them are fine. I like the kid that said Blastoise and Kangaskhan. I think, yeah. I think that's a that's a fun answer. And then the, the other kid was like the, the other kid was like very kind of scary. I was like there was one kid who was he was like kind of tall. The Mewtwo kid. The Mewtwo kid. He said like I like psychic. I like psychic. Uh, yeah, I like psychic. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there multiple or no? There's yeah, a bunch, there's, there's a, a few, bunch of psychic. Yeah, Abra. Okay. Yeah, Kadabra. Mm. Like those. Okay. The Mewtwo's the best. How much do you think the original booster pack for Pokemon cards cost? The original booster, booster. pack. Uh, booster's probably like. I was gonna Eight say bucks. like fifteen. Okay. Five bucks. Oh wait, okay. is the booster pack the box? Yeah. No, the bo- the box was like a like a starter pack or something. The starter the, the, pack. The booster pack is is the is in foil. I think. Is in the foil. Yeah, yeah Zach is right. That's like right. Like in like the pop tart foil. Because the idea is that it boosts your existing deck. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So what do you think the original cost? I'd say twelve bucks. Dave. I said eight bucks, and I'm sticking to it. All right, it, it's three bucks. Whoa. Whoa! The value quickly, like it went up in a matter of weeks. Like, like, like originally oh. it was like three bucks. It went up to it. So it ended up costing like hundreds of dollars to get this. Boosted? Like, like, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Like, yeah, the value just like skyrocketed with this oh my stuff. God. Um, I remember ask asking for Pokemon cards, probably Christmas of this year, if not this year, the next year. And of course, I got like they were not the right things. It was like a knockoff like Pokemon card thing. <laughs> it was not the actual cards. What? Yeah. So disappointing. But so one um, kid was onto something about them being worth something because they, it's had another resurgence. It had a couple. It had a resurgence a couple of years ago of value, and now with like the the NFT world and sports memorabilia, it's like kind of it's kind of rising again. So I, I try, I'm trying to find some of mine. I found some of mine the other day. And I want to find some more. I sold my first edition Charizard like five years ago for like six hundred bucks. It probably would be oh, worth wow. a lot more now. Damn. Um, because I think I think one went recently for like two grand or something. Uh, so I wish I held on to it a little bit longer. I do have a second Charizard that's not first edition, but it's got a huge scratch on it. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get someone to give me twenty Worthless. bucks for it. I know. Probably wish you had a Sandshrew, huh? Oh yeah. You can say that uh, a Charizard like scratched it though. Oh yeah. Oh, in battle. <laughs> it came out battle of your card and scratched it. <laughs> the value would go way up. <laughs> Just a um, little tip. All right. So I always like to talk about the biggest um, Happy Meal toy, right? Of every year, 1999. Continuing the trend of you know McDonald's Happy Meal toys being like a year behind. It was mini Furbies. In 1999. Cute. Okay. Mini Furbies. Um, mm. So uh, unlike the furry talking regular size Furbies, these little guys were easy to tote around. Their coolest and only feature, uh, eyes, ears, toes, and beaks that moved with the push of a button. So, you Th- know. These ones you could eat, right? <laughs> I, I yeah, mean. The, the chicken nuggets it? were replaced with Furby nuggets <laughs> for a little while. Is there a story there, Dave? You, they were eating <laughs> Furbies. Tastes good. Great. Yeah. All right. So moving on to board games in 1999, you have something called Tikal. 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 
T-I-K-A-L. Isn't that a name of a Method Man album? Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say. That's <laughs> call. Yeah. Yeah, it's at, based on this, uh, this board game. <laughs> uh, it's the first game of the Mask Trilogy. Oh. Um, sorry, Jim Carrey, the Mask Trilogy. <laughs> uh, it sends players through Central... And Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> Central, <laughs> yeah. Central American jungles in pursuit of forgotten treasure and lost temples... Uh, points are scored um, for taking over said temples and keeping treasure in your control. I'm sharing pictures with these guys of the board and. Oh shit! Look at on the right. It says Bravo on the sc- on the screen. Or it did I? I swear it did. I think it was an ad. Yeah. Yeah. To call. Look. Okay, so it's like a, a different spelling. I see. Yeah, it's so, T I K A L. No, B R A V L. So there are two there are two versions of the other to call I see here. One is a blunt that has been soaked in syrup or anything else sweet and let dry later to be smoked, but also uh, take into consideration all lives. So right. I guess Dan is ah. saying all lives matter. <laughs> God. Wow. No. Uh, yeah, great. Okay. So uh, the other game that's big this year, we've played it. Dave, uh, Brandon, I don't, I don't remember if we played it. Dave, we played it. Apples to apples is this year. I love that game. Amazing really? game. Wow. Yeah. Ma- amazing game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it came out this year, but you know, his website said it was just a big board game this year. Uh, launched a thousand copycats, right? You know, mm-hmm. Cards Against Humanity, more the adult version. I-, I always thought Apples to Apples was more fun. Way better. Way better. Yeah. Way better. Cards Against Humanity, like just sort of like makes the jokes for people right. who don't have jokes to make themselves. 100%. I'm not trying to yuck the yum of anybody who likes it, but I think it's a game for deeply unfunny people to try to be funny. Oh, God, you took the words right out of my mouth, right. Zach. Yeah, it's like great, that's yeah. so spot on. It's, it's like a forced humor. Yeah, it, it's... um. Whereas apples to apples, you could actually be like genuinely creative. There's no real creativity mm-hmm. in Cards Against Humanity. And, and, yeah. and they don't know your sensibility in terms of humor. They don't know anything about it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> totally. Um, I remember playing this in Lucas's basement specifically with Dave. Um, oh, yeah. Very fun. We probably laughed a lot. Yes. Because <laughs> of the creativity and like just yeah. putting insane things together. And, and like our sensibilities. Yes. We're funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We're funny. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to uh, video games. 1999. Okay, so this is, again, a lot of the Pokemon stuff in the U.S., but in Japan, again, Japan being ahead, Pokemon Gold and Silver for Game Boy come out in Japan. So that's this year, right? Um, Pokemon Yellow comes out in the U.S. this year for for Game Boy Color. I never got Yellow. I only had Blue. Um, Yeah, with the Game Boy games, I never advanced past Blue and Red. I yeah. never, I, n- I never got into gold and silver. I, I stopped with the original 150. Really, yellow was the one where Pikachu follows you, mm-hmm. like, yeah. kind of like your Ash from the TV series. Right, Pikachu yeah. is your is your like sidekick. Yeah, it, it had. Yeah, it was the most sort of adapted from the TV show because you could also you also were able to get Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle all in all in yellow. Got it. So, oh, right. You're so, not able to do that in. The red and blue. Not without yeah, you, trading. No. Not without That's trading. Right. You had to have the cable to trade. Limits. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a whole thing. You had to have some idiot Friends. first grader who was willing yeah. to give you his good Pokemon. <laughs> right. Yes. 
But N64, you have the release of Pokemon Snap. Fun game. Love it. Which, oh, the photo. There's a new one about to come out mm-hmm. next month. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Pokemon Stadium for N64 is this year also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love that game. Pokemon Pinball for Game Boy Color. I, I, yep. I remember that one. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then shifting away from Pokemon <laughs> for good. Uh, I just wanted to mention that stuff up, up front. It's enough. It's um, enough. Roller, roller Coaster Tycoon this year for PC. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Original That's Roller Coaster a rock Tycoon. And roll game. A few yeah. a few years ago, I was I I uh, spent money to buy uh, like the the five dollar app version of Roller Coaster Tycoon, <laughs> and I just played it for like an hour, and it was just it just it just scratched that itch that I had for Oof. years. I, yeah. I I didn't want to play. I just wanted to know that I could play Royal, Roller Coaster Tycoon at any right. time. Awesome. Dude, you could build an incomplete roller coaster and then see them die, like go off the roller coaster and die, go to their deaths. <laughs> fun feature what a great idea for a game that's so fun yeah my theme park was like action park <laughs> yeah very dangerous um yeah. you have mario golf for n64 game boy color big time mario game. golf yeah mario golf yeah um i played it silent hill for ps1 Ooh, yeah that's a big Shh. one uh too scary right uh soul caliber too, too quiet it was like a little too quiet for me <laughs> God. like loud uh, games yeah right loud hill uh <laughs> crash team racing another like mario kart type of Fantastic. thing with the, cra- with the crash mm. characters i had this one PS1. oh like crash bandicoot and his buddies yeah exactly yeah oh, yeah fun. Uh, yeah it was yeah. a fun it was a fun game before that uh mario kart didn't have the thing where you collected coins and then powered up your your power moves and whatever your mm-hmm. weapons and stuff that was first in uh, crash team racing and then okay. and then yeah so that was that was oh. sort of its big innovation in the in the cart uh genre <laughs> ah okay didn't know that and then these last four games here are just elite all-timers you have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for PS One. Ah, okay, yeah. I put this, this. So as we as I've shared with you guys, really wasn't much of a gamer. This game I played every day. I played this game all mm. the time. This was so fun. And then the second mm. one also when it came out. Yeah, but yeah, the first one for PlayStation. Yeah, this was constant. I mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Soundtrack was uh, right. Oh, maybe, classic maybe soundtrack. The, right. Maybe the best video game soundtrack. Goldfinger yeah. and uh, yeah. Others. Uh, I think the first one, Power Man 5000, was in the first one. I remember that. Superman by Goldfinger. Yeah. Super uh, was a big one. Psycho Visions by Suicidal Tendencies. Dead Kennedys. Uh, yeah. Uh, police Truck. And uh, uh, Primus. Uh, Jerry was a race car driver. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about this too, that the N64 soundtrack was different because yes. it had less songs and it was like looped versions because it couldn't hold as much storage, I think, as oh, like interesting. The, 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 the disc version. Oh, the first one had Here and Now by, yes. the, by the Ernie's. Here and Now. By Luther Vandross? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be just, really good. Just to really throw you off. <laughs> yeah. Just throw one Luther Vandross in the... Tony yeah, it's, it's in the uh, like the lounge level, uh, <laughs> like the the bedroom oh level. Just the smoothest grinds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, love that game. Mario Party is this year for N64. Really, mm-hmm. really great game, Mario Party. Okay. Of course, 
Super Smash Brothers is this year for N64. Oh just a classic. Yeah. Still played, I think, by a lot and all the sequels and everything. Just a huge game. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fun. People make money off of playing this thing. Yeah. It's their job. And if you play the first one, it's like very bare bones. They did not expect it to be at all what it became. Right. And then yeah. there was this game this year. This was really my jam for N64. This is what I spent a lot of time playing. Because it was Tony Hawk for PlayStation, but for N64, it, it was Perfect this, Dark, yeah. baby. No, it was, uh, oh. it was oh. this. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Donkey Kong 64. Yellow cartridge, right? Yeah. Banana colored. It came with the, the console, which was green. We don't have to watch it all. It's pretty long. Yeah, um, it's enough. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the intro of the game, right? It's the intro of the game. It was it was like, how could you not immediately be obsessed with this? So you start the game, and this is what comes up, this whole song. It's so fun. Oh, man. Really interesting choice to give Donkey Kong a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he need a gun? They, it's a big gorilla. You'd yeah. think that, that just... <laughs> They that was that was a big part of it. They all had the guns. Uh, like right. Diddy, Diddy had the peanut shooter. Uh, Lanky, who's like the idiot, he had he had a grape shooter. Chunky had pineapple shooter. He shot pineapples. That was like a serious gun. Like oh, some, something that shoots Spikes. pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> and Ooh. then Tiny, she oh, I can't remember now. Oh, feathers. She shot. He had a feather shooter. Okay. That uh, that's toys and games segment for uh, 1999. Those are all, all the big things. Great. Awesome, Great. little kid Danny. Bye, bye. <laughs> I mean, this is a good lead off versus yeah, the weather. Go, I think you're right. Because yeah, now you have to go to bed. Yeah, we we have sort of entered our our childhood uh, states. All right, um, I'm gonna take a quick break and then we'll go to the next segment. <laughs> I did not yeah. know we were gonna. Do, I didn't know we were gonna do a 40 minute intro. So I'll what's the yeah. next segment? What's the next segment? Okay. Tease uh, it. If we're gonna do like the news, let's let's start off with with politics. Oh, I don't have politics this year. No politics this year. <laughs> uh, oh yes, 1999, a famously uh, apolitical <laughs> year. I, <laughs> foolish of me to forget. Sorry. Uh, all all of that sort of end of history type of uh, type of stuff, where, where where politics don't matter anymore, and and the Cold War is over. 9/11 hasn't happened yet. It's yeah, everything's it's just weird smooth, smooth, smooth cruising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I guess we can go to uh, to movies next. Movies. Oh, yeah. movies. All right. All Great. right. Hold on. I'll be right back. Cool. I'll go pee as well. Dandin, dandin. Dandin, dandin. Lights, camera, action. All right. Stop talking about me. I'm back. <laughs> All right, well, step into the movies. It's 1999. This is a mega year for movies. Now, we're going to do our box office game, but I really just kind of wanted to leave it open to discussion. I'm going to, after we do the box office game, I'm going to read 
very quickly in dance, well, not dance style, because Dan does it, takes forever, but uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, do, I'm going to do like a rapid fire of just some of the movies I wrote down. But this has been, 1999 is crazy when you look at it. So, for starters, the box office, top five. Let's get some guesses. Go. Phantom Menace. Gotta be the Matrix. Phantom Menace is number one. Oh, okay. Shit. Phantom Menace is number one. Yes. Uh, $924,317,000. And then The Matrix, number four. Yes, $463. So, number four or number one? Zach, you got a guess? Uh, I think uh, Toy Story 2 is this year. Yes, Boom. Toy oh, Story wow. 2. That's number three at the box office, $463 million. Is Sorcerer's Stone this year? $487. Uh, no. Not yet? No. Okay. 99 Ooh. I mean, I know Office Space was a huge hit. Yeah, but... Okay, Office Space, 1999, <laughs> yep. One of the many on the list of things. Did it make it the top no. ten? It's more of a cult classic. It, uh, just edged out to number 11. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? It's 11? No, no. Oh. Um, uh, fight, fight Club is this year, maybe? Yeah, Fight Club is that. Okay, maybe? Fight Club is this year, but not on the top ten. Okay. Okay, the uh, number t- okay, so the number two movie features a a child Chucky actor- Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, a child in a, a a movie where the child talks about one of his other oh, I see dead people. Is this six yes. sense? Yes, the sixth sense oh, is number six two. Sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> $672 million. That's a huge hit. Wow. Six right, cents. right. That's of course. So we have Star Wars, The Sixth Sense, Toy Story 2, The Matrix, and then number five. There's a um, big one we're missing. Heavily involved with a Dan and Brave Presents legend. A legend heavily involved with the show was heavily involved with this movie. Or at least an aspect of the movie. Hmm. Just vague enough for me to really <laughs> pin it down. Uh, a uh, board bills legend, heavily involved with a movie in 1999. A part of the movie, maybe not the movie itself, but a, a, a an aspect of the movie. Like the soundtrack, perhaps. American Beauty is this year. I know that. American Beauty is number nine. Okay. Okay, so think of Dan and Brave Presents Season 5. What does Season 5 have in common with number 5 on the charts? Oh, is it is it uh, Phil Collins? Yes. Is it, is Tarzan? Oh, Tarzan. 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 Oh, nice. Tarzan number 5. Okay, so that's your top 5. Now, rounding out the top 10, we have The Mummy. Hey, Disney's back. Didn't, like, Hercules not make the top 10? Uh, yeah, I think it didn't. I can't remember. Whoa. Disney's back. Um, and they have Toy Story 2 and... And Tarzan. They, and The Sixth Sense they distributed. Oh, my God. Um, Welcome back, so Disney. <laughs> rounding out the top ten is The Mummy at number six. Right. Oh, yeah. Fun. Uh, Nodding Hill at number seven. <laughs> Nodding Hill. Uh, the World is Not Enough. Oh, right, Bond. B- Bond flick. American Beauty, guessed by Dan. And then Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh, great movie. Yeah, baby. All right. So that's your top 10. Now, already also mentioned Fight Club and Office Space. Okay. Now, are you guys ready to hear a rapid fire list of sure. what else came, came this year? I love listing. 
All right. We can also You're... say love it, hate it, you know, stuff like that too. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, the Iron Giant. Love Great. it. Fantastic. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. <laughs> Analyze this. Amazing. Oh my god. Really funny. Really funny. Who Fun. did it first, though? Uh, Sopranos. We or... talked about this. How they stole the same idea out? from each other. Who did the therapy? The the mobster going to the therapy first. It's the same exact year. <laughs> it's the same year. Who that's who a, that's in my, that's in my TV yeah. segment. I don't know. Ah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Magnolia. Great. Great. Never saw it. Saw it for the American first time this year. Pie. American Pie. Classic. Oh my God. Has uh, an age great. Big but, for me. But very big important. For me. Very important for me. Right. Won't well, won't return to it, but big at the time. Yeah. yeah. Saw it at the time. We were young. Yeah. Ten years old or something like that. Yeah. Weird penis stuff. Ten going things on. I weird penis ten stuff. Things going I on. hate about you. Ten things I hate about you. I li- um, like it. A classic. Yeah. Classic. Like kind of classic fun movie. Galaxy Quest. Amazing. Wow. Really funny. Really right. good movie. Yes. Amazing movie. Have but, you guys seen um, the documentary about making it? No, no. I, it's either on Hulu or on Amazon, but people have said r- there's a really good documentary about the making of Galaxy Quest. Interesting. Interesting. Tim, I, Tim Allen's having a huge year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Cruel Intentions, culturally oh, like wow. a really big like cultural movie. Uh, Eyes Wide <laughs> Shut. Eyes Wide oh, Shut. Uh, One of my Dave, favorites of all time. Significant Fantastic. for Dave. Great movie. Great mm-hmm. movie. Off. Oh, we mentioned Office Space. Being John Malkovich. Great right. movie. Haven't seen it. Never saw it. The talented Mr. The talented Mr. Ripley. Love that movie. I think I saw really it. Love that I, think, movie. I think I've seen Haven't that. Haven't seen it. Jude Law and Matt Damon. South Park, the movie. Great. Very right. funny. Haven't seen it. Great. Seen the show though. <laughs> uh, election. Love oh, it. Oh yeah. That's a good movie. Great movie. Election's yeah. really great. Great movie. Yep. Blair Witch Project. Again, big cultural yeah, thing. Not bad. Haven't seen it. Uh, Big Daddy, another huge smash movie. One, like of, the better, one of the better Adam Sandlers, I think. Maybe the best one. Of, the, of his comedies. Of his comedies. Of his comedies. Yeah. Too much heart. Virgin Suicide, Sofia Coppola. Love that movie. Haven't seen it. Um, Summer of Sam, great Spike Lee movie. Aldo Guzamo. Runaway Bride, another Julia Roberts movie. Right. Um, right. Wild, Richard Wild, Gere. And Richard Gere. And Richard Gere. Come on. And Richard Gere. Yep. The fuck? They're back together. <laughs> In a movie. It's a big deal. <laughs> you can't upset a gearhead like Dave. <laughs> Wild Wild West. Always hated on. I saw. I used to watch it all the time because I like, kind it's of enjoyed kinda it. Whack. Yeah. It's kind of whack. It's an it's insane fun. movie. It's an insane movie. Uh, Mystery Men. Right. Another Cult classic. Haven't seen yes. it. Watched it recently. It was kind of fun. Bowfinger. Love that movie. Love Bowfinger. Never saw it. Three Kings. Three Kings. Uh, Three Kings. I with uh, George Clooney. Been and told to guys. watch that one. Yep. A number of times. Bringing Out the Dead, one of my favorite Scorsese movies that I never saw until this past year. Really great movie. Seen most of it. The Hurricane, Denzel, Pokemon, the movie. Right. Uh, the Insider, one of my favorite Michael Mann movies. Right, right. Al Pacino Russell, and Russell Crowe, Crow. really great. Yeah. Dogma, Kevin Smith, great. Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton, End of Days, Arnold Schwarzenegger, ah, The Green Mile, love Cr- End of Days. Cradle Will Rock, Cider House Rules, Ride with the Devil, Ang Lee, Topsy Derby, Mike Lee, Bicentennial Man, Man on the Moon, Any Given Sunday, Girl Interrupted, Mickey Blue Eyes, Run Lola Run, Midsummer Night Dream, Varsity Blue, She's All That, October Sky, 8mm, Boys Don't Cry, Never Been Kissed, Double Jeopardy, The Straight Story, Existence, Ray, start TV, over. and For the yeah. Love of the Game. It's insane how many like yeah. big movies Mickey came Blue out. Eyes needed to be said. Yes. <laughs> That movie's amazing. It's really funny. Is it really that good? It's really funny. Yes. I saw it back in the day. It's just a funny 
Uh, James Conn. It's very funny. There were, uh, and obviously there were more, but uh, just like, just when you look through that, that's like, that's an, an insane amount of movies that are like, just still like talked about and, and considered classic. So it's pretty crazy how loaded that year um, was. And I mean, just the Matrix and Phantom Menace alone for like yeah. cult- cultural shifts stuff, um, regardless of what <laughs> what their merits are these days. They had a huge impact right. on uh, on everything. They so, also yeah, both mean, feel very of the millennium more than like, yeah, oh, yeah. as a lot of so things much. are very 90s, just like the idea of like the Matrix and Star Wars prequels are both yeah. both you can you can sort of feel the early 2000s Definitely. creeping in. Yeah, Zach, so I mean, I was going to ask Zach, are you are you pro Matrix? Dave is very anti Matrix. He's made it clear I, on the I, show. If, if, if the Matrix is one of those, I've I'm going to be honest with you, I've never actually seen the Matrix. Wow. I think I have a very strong idea of what happens in the Matrix because there's some things you just sort of absorb through cultural osmosis. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think I understand the Matrix. I have not seen the Matrix. I would I would I would like to. And I think it's it's very interesting, sort of in the modern lens, that you can you can uh, see the Matrix as like a story of of a, a story about being trans. Uh, it's a it's a very interesting, yes, uh, yes. A, a, a new way to new way to view it. Yeah, I was gonna just gonna say that because when I watched it last, I watched all of the Wachowski sisters movies, and the like aside from like some of the like production aesthetics of the Matrix, which I hate and which kind of give off that like like you know dylan klebold eric harris vibe that that unfortunately culture picked up of what the matrix was about you know and ran the wrong way with it at the core of the movie yes like all of their movies are about identity and and sexuality and and identity and that movie in that lens is actually really good so I didn't really prepare much for the for that. What, any other like thoughts on some of those movies like that stand out to you guys? Um, uh, it's definitely a year where a lot of big movies came out that I haven't seen, like being <laughs> John Malkovich, and um, there's a few others you said that they've been recommended to me for years and I have not still have not seen them. It, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, these a lot of these feel like um, just because of the timing of everything. Like the, these feel like movies that if you see somebody who still has like a DVD collection on their wall, a lot of yeah. these ones are going yes. to Definitely. be there. I was gonna say like there's certain movies like Fight Club, like that that has been like kind of co-opted by like bro culture and shit like that. Yes. So it's like mm-hmm. it's a very like I don't know like a bro film viewers uh, year. Even the Matrix is, is like that too. Right, Fight Club and the Matrix are both like top tier. Like you didn't get what this was about. Exactly. Yeah. It's right, like, right, right. Like you see a good movie like Pulp Fiction or Fight Club, and then you stop your interest in learning more about movies there. It's like that's the furthest people will go, mm-hmm. and like that's like right. the, the, like what a film bro will do. But it's weird because it will have yeah. that type of stuff, like the like Oscar Beatty stuff, like uh, American Beauty and and the Green Mile. So it has like these like. Dra- you know, like high dramas. It has the blockbustery millennium stuff, like Zach said, with Star Wars and The Matrix. But it has, you know, being John Malkovich, ex- existence, like these, like more arty, like art house stuff that 
and Galaxy Quest, like a satire, like you, it kind of was everything all at once. Office and space. they all were big. Office, satire. Office Space is a great, great comedy. So okay. yeah, it's just a, it's pretty wild to see. Um, Fight Club and Office Space are movies that got really huge later on. They didn't like yeah. do like super well as Brandon just shared at the box office this year. Um, and I wonder why. Like Office Space is a really interesting one. I, I guess it comes down to promotion and you know and nah, uh, advertising. Like Office Space became a, a true cult classic, and now I think it's I regard it as one of the funniest movies ever. It's one I of my, love it's Space. one of my favorite comedies. Period. Like it's it's one of and I think a lot of people do feel that way about that movie. All right, let's move on. Zach, what is the next segment? <laughs> okay, uh, next segment is going to be art. Is, is, is art and fashion one segment? Yeah, I have art. I have All art right. this year. All right. Dandin, dandin. Okay, folks, as we approach the new millennium, the art thieves decided to give the art world a break. For a change. Oh no. And instead this year we see a great deal of art achievements. Ooh. Okay. They're right. quite restorative in nature. So in honor of this wonderful tone shift in the art world, uh, I now ask you to join me in a very restorative art segment meditation. Let me guide you through these achievements that took place this year. And uh, let me pawn some music, actually, to really set this mood. <laughs> and just a reminder, you can go to our Instagram at Dan and Brave Presents to swipe along with our art segment slideshow. Thank you. Can you see my safari? Yeah. Yes. I don't think this picture was from 1999. <laughs> I'll explain. All right. Can you hear that very rich meditative music? Yes. Yeah. All right, then let me guide you through this, these achievements <laughs> that took place this year and let them come to you unforced, unguarded, with the welcoming canvas of your heart and the open-minded paintbrush of your tongue. Let's take a deep breath and let the achievements enter our bodies. On 28 May of 1999, after 22 years of restoration work, Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper is placed back on display in Milan, Italy. I guess you could say the fast is over. <laughs> Dig in, art world. It's time to eat up this yummy eye candy, courtesy of <laughs> Chef da Vinci. Mm. Uh, Deep breath. Moving on to the next art achievement. Uh, in July of this year, after 158 years of an, of an empty plinth, Mark Wallinger's Essie Homo becomes the first work displayed on the fourth plinth in Trafalgar <laughs> Square, London, UK. Seen here, the artist with the piece. And the fourth plinth has filled, and we're all very pleased. Sorry, the fourth what? Plinth? <laughs> Can you tell me what a plinth is? <laughs> yeah, you keep saying this um, word like we know what it is. <laughs> 
Can I? I don't. I, I can't quite tell you what a plinth <laughs> is. All I know is that it's been filled after 158 years vacant, and we all feel we're very restored because of that. Okay, moving on to 11 <laughs> December. After 19 years of work, restoration of the Sistine Chapel frescoes is completed in the Vatican City. You know, they they try to get it done in 16 years for thematic purposes, but they couldn't quite pull it off. So 19 it is. A lot of new art in 1999. <laughs> Again, it's restorative, restorative achievements. Uh, and finally... I've been there. It's amazing. Really? Yeah, it's great. Is it breathtaking or? Yeah, it really what's is. The de- what's the vibe? It, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's the perfect word. You look up and it's like, holy shit. Okay. Well, speaking of breathtaking, let's take a deep breath. Inner meditation. And uh, look at our final <laughs> art restoration art item. The discovery of the Venus of Tantan uh, from 300,000 B.C., in Morocco uh, becomes the earliest known artifact to show evidence of human artistic input. Take a look at this. It's very awesome. And um, now I would like to ask you guys for your artistic input for this restorative art meditation by going to rateyourmeditate.world and rating five stars only, please, for this meditation. Thank you. Let's take one more deep breath. Dot world. And now, <laughs> and now I'm out. Art piece out. I hope you've enjoyed your meditation. Wow. Wow. See, I hope that was restorative for you guys. So we kind of had a little break to uh, relax and gather yeah, after our thoughts, look at uh, some great art it was really nice especially after brandon's cocaine infused movie segment where he's just like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we <laughs> needed a nice come down yeah we needed yeah, exactly to, it was nice back to the ground i like the idea of like hey listen we got a whole new millennium ahead of us let's let's not try to do too much the last minute let's just take what we've got what we've got from the last millennium yeah and just make sure it's ready for another thousand years yeah that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but it's like at the end of these decades, you kind of look back. You're always looking back to what came before, how far we've come as a society, and as artist. Wow. 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 What did you think about think wow. about that last piece? That last it piece, pretty- it was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a, it was like it's like a Pillsbury Doughboy voodoo doll. Yeah. Right. It's pretty very good. gingerbread man, but. A lot of ass in it too. I'm seeing a lot of ass and a lot of penis. There's a lot of crack. Yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> a lot of a lot of butt. Yep. Yeah, that was it. So, Zach, uh, Zach's choice. What's next? Okay, um, I'm gonna run through all the ones that I can remember. Any ones I can't remember are obviously gonna go last. But <laughs> let's go to TV. TV. Sure thing. You got it, Zach. All right. Dandin, dandin. Well, um, a little early, but don't change the Daniel. <laughs> don't do it. Not yet. Because it's Danny's TV segment for 1999. 
Um, I have a pretty fun reveal, actually, that I think I'll just say first. You know, I always go through the Entertainment Weekly's list of the 100 greatest moments in television, right? <laughs> Turns out that the one article I've been referring to this whole season was published in the beginning of 1999. Whoa. So it doesn't have any 1999 events. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know that until uh, this week <laughs> uh, in preparing for this. So I had to do some actual digging to find, fun, <laughs> you know, some cool stuff to talk about from 1999. I'll get there, which means I also I'm realizing now I forgot. I don't have the number one show ratings wise either because <laughs> that's always uh -huh. on that on that list, too. It's probably a quick Google, but I don't know what it is. Um, but I do have Entertainment Weekly's best TV shows of each year. Right. We've gone through each year of the decade, right? We've we've talked about Roseanne, uh, NYPD Blue, um, uh, King of the Hill, um, Buffy, 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 no. Buffy yeah, was Buffy, last yeah, year, Buffy. I think. What was uh, Entertainment Weekly's best TV show, 1999? Uh, best? Yeah, best TV show, yeah. Was it Sopranos? Yes, it is Sopranos. Oh! oh. It is uh, Sopranos, yes. Oh, you know what I the think? The best show. You know what I think the top-rated um, TV show in 1999 is? Who wants to be a millionaire? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's Amazing. the high. That, Huge. Yeah. Really big. Just quick Google. Who wants to be a millionaire? With ER at uh, it, it, uh who wants to be a millionaire? Taking the top three slots: Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, because <laughs> it's not three days. Right. Uh, so. Which I think might have ultimately like been been what made it not as long running as other game shows. It was on too many days of the week. If they had just kept it with one day a week, I think it could have ran consecutively. Because it because it switched to daytime. I think it's still it, on though. Well, it's... well, now they've they revived a, a primetime version of it with Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, they revived. Okay, because it yeah. went to it went to. Daytime with uh, Meredith, Vieira? Meredith Vieira, and then right. Terry Crews for a little while. Oh, oh really? Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and we've we've talked about who wants to be a millionaire. Dave did uh, the whole game uh, Dandyland uh, based on who wants to be who wants to be a billionaire, which is very fun. Right, right. right. Um, so you want to be a billionaire? So you want to be a billionaire? Right. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Who knows why he chose to do it that way? But <laughs> so you want to be a billionaire. So yeah, so that's one of the debuts of this year, and I will do uh, similar to what Brandon did for the movies. I will do my quick hits, and maybe we can make some quick comments. I know Dave likes to have a lot of comments for these shows. Uh, debuting in 1999 on television, you have uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Cartoon Network. Hate. Dave hates that show. Hate, hate, and hated that show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Uncomfortable vibes. I don't like it. Right. That's fair. Batman Beyond on Kids WB. Good I was show. beyond Batman at that point. <laughs> Just saying. Was... Great. <laughs> uh, we said The Sopranos. Oh, oh Daily oh, Show oh, oh. with Jon Stewart on Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. That's this year. Shows up. Kilborn is. Uh, he probably had his own the the late late show. Or, or yes, whatever, exactly. That happens this year too. I was getting to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so weird on Disney Channel. Show I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, right. The Jersey on Disney Channel, which featured real athletes, would come on the show. The kids would put on a jersey and they turn into that real athlete in the game. Oh, it was a magic jersey that. they would put on. It was another VR. show on Disney Channel, right? Fun. 
So a Family Guy premieres on Fox this year. Still going, but I think it got canceled and came back, if I remember correctly. Family Guy. Ooh. Um, so Stewie's first first appearance. All right. Yeah. Oh, so, freaking sweet, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter, come here. Hey, Peter. <laughs> hey, oh, Peter. Pe- oh, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Peter. I'm going to blow up the world. <laughs> Oh, oh, Chris. I like Chris. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like hey, popsicles. That, that's not until second or third season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep it where we are. <laughs> These are only 1999 Family Guy characters. <laughs> Hi, I'm... No, I can't do it. I was going to do Brian. Do, I was going to try and do Brian, which is just Seth MacFarlane. I can't do that. All right. Um, okay. Uh, good, I like great. jazz. <laughs> Jazz is the best genre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Peter. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, D. That show on HBO was this year. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Cla- yeah, classic. Paul Tompkins was the MC. I think. I think. Yeah, really? I think so. Kyle Gass, Jack Black. Great, great stuff. Uh, Futurama is on Fox this year. Great. Right. Yeah. right. I like that show. Yes. Some fun stuff. Uh, this is, as Dave said, the late, late show with Craig Kilborn replacing, I think it was like Ted something. Cop? No. It's <laughs> replacing. I don't know who he replaced. Tom Snyder. Tom Snyder. Oh, Tom Snyder was on for that long? He was late, late show. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. He replaces Tom Snyder. Where was I? Okay. Strangers with Candy and Comedy Central. Great. Great, classic, really funny. Um, so we get, show. so we get uh, uh, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert and Stephen on, Colbert on, yeah. on on Comedy Central in the same year. That's right. Really, wow. really changes the network. A show that just re- well, maybe not recently, maybe in the last ten years, decided to just own meme culture and internet culture. SpongeBob SquarePants pre- premieres this year. Oh yeah, just yeah. arguably. I mean, yeah, well, Simpsons is probably. The I'm biggest try- cartoon? I'm trying to think of like or- the right way to do this. SpongeBob is like the most culturally like significant cartoon show. Well, yeah, but no, it's really Simpsons. But SpongeBob is like humongous. SpongeBob probably for this yeah. generation has an edge over Simpsons at this point. Right. But they're close, like whatever. Yeah. yeah like what's Wi Fi over I'm just, over I'm just saying, <laughs> it's just a humongous thing in culture, SpongeBob SquarePants. I never really watched it. That's the thing. It was a little bit after us to get into like a Nickelodeon cartoon show. It was like just yeah. too late. It was like for our age group. Like, a, like my sister loved it, so I've seen a bunch of episodes. Um, it took me a long time to realize that it was still watched by older kids as being, but non-ironically, like like actually like enjoying its like right bizarreness. I didn't realize that it had lingered in that in that realm. Right. It, it, it like the first like few seasons are it's very funny. I've watched like a bunch of mm. episodes. It it is like genuinely funny. There's a lot of funny silly stuff in it. It's it's one of those things that like if uh, not in terms of content, but it like it's like pre Adult Swim in in, in yeah. a way that like if if it was coming out now in the sort of that age of cartoons, it would have probably been pitched differently. Right. Right. Sure. Where are they now on VH1, Dave? Okay. There was a show called Where Are They Now? Getting into Dave's territory. Dave yeah, stole. Yeah, what's going on? Dave Second stole, his, Dave that, stole uh... his idea from a VH1 show. <laughs> Trying to make that known. 
The Man Show on Comedy Central with uh, <laughs> Adam Carolla, who now really sucks. <laughs> um, not really into him, what he's all about these days, but it's him and Jimmy Kimmel. I definitely really liked it at the time. Yes. It's probably not great now, but... <laughs> uh, I remember liking it back then, too. Kimmel and Carolla, and then the second the second iteration of hosts included Joe Rogan. Just the amount of right. media wow. capital just between the yeah. hosts of the man show Holy is shit. really wild to yeah. think about. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. I, for, I forgot yeah. it was Joe Rogan later on um, with Doug Stanhope. All three is so Doug relevant Stanhope right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and Doug Stanhope was, was the only one with enough dignity to be like, listen, I'm going to back out of this and not <laughs> try to be a leader in intellectual thought. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Undressed on MTV. Remember, undressed. Remember undressed? I remember that. No. What is the concept of undressed? It was like a horny. college. It was like a, a, a horny college show on like MTV where okay. it mm-hmm. would be on late night and you could maybe see somebody take their shirt off. Yeah. You see their bra. Yeah. Right. Okay. There's no yes. nudity, but it was like sexually. It was scandalous. Th- yeah. Very thematically oh, okay. sexual. And I, I'm trying to think if it was a comedy or not. I don't remember. If it was like I think it was just like a like a soapy. Kind of like a Degrassi, but older. Yeah, I think it was just like a, a teen oh. soapy. Got it. Okay. All cl- it's very clean. That's what Brandon means. Like very soapy. It's, yeah, it's very soapy. Like a clean show. <laughs> so this year you also have Digimon, Digital Monsters, trying to compete with Pokemon on Fox Kids. It's like, oh. give, give is that up. what you got? What is that? What oh, you, got? you got? Your knockoff cards, card wise. No. I got I, I got actual Pokemon cards, but it was it wasn't the the Pokemon cards. It was like cards that had pictures of Pokemon on them. What? <laughs> it was a, a, a deck oh, of fifty two playing cards. It was, <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was playing cards. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just like. Oh, that's that'd be amazing. Yeah, if it was just playing cards, it'd be so good. Like I'm trying to like yeah. play in a tournament against somebody, and I like felt like a, like a, <laughs> like an like, like, Ace of Spades, <laughs> probably right. Yeah, Ace of Spades. Yeah. Actually, Meowth has a lyric in one of the songs where he's like, he's like, because it's te- in the Team Rocket song, uh, they say, he's like, I'm the king. And uh, she's like, I'm the queen. And Meowth comes in, I'll be the Joker. <laughs> and, wow. Yeah, so they would be that. Yeah, okay. they would be that. That's okay. I just remember that in the Team Rocket's Rocket, Handled. that song. Um, okay. Rocket Power, Nickelodeon. Rocket Power. Yeah. Pretty big Play show. Who cares? Created a extremely unrealistic expectation of what I could do the first time I got on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, not uh, not good uh, for kids. Yeah. Uh, WWF SmackDown premieres this year. You, on, oh, you, right. On UPN. U- UPN, that's right. Okay, this one, I used to watch this one a lot, um, like late at night. Blind Date premiered this year. Did you guys watch Blind yeah. Date? I used to watch I a lot of... I used to watch a lot of Blind Date. Um, it was on TNN... Which eventually became Spike TV. Oh, that's what it was on. And now the Paramount Network. TNN, right? Uh, syndicated there. Uh, you that the, was like they would they would come up like the thought bubbles, right? The thought bubbles, yes. Mm-hmm. People going on a blind date. Um, like he smells a lot, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's it like would, their inner monologue. <laughs> I bet it'd be really funny now to watch. But yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I would love to watch that. Yeah, like a marathon of that. Law and Order SVU premieres this year. Oh, okay. Major, really yeah, huge show. Huge. Special Victims Unit. Oh, there's this show. You know, uh, we could skip over this. There's a show called The West Wing. Uh, we could skip over that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Parents love that show. It's Brandon's favorite thing ever. Brandon loves it too. Yeah. But my parents loved it first, Brandon. <laughs> we can skip over that. All right. Um, Freaks and Geeks on NBC. Great. Important show for people. I think just one season, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But great show. Uh, Angel on the WB, which is the spinoff from, <laughs> from, uh, from Buffy. Angel. Yeah. What's that dude's name? David Bormionis? Absolutely close enough that we do not need <laughs> to correct him. <laughs> that guy's such a generic, bulky guy. Yes. He was later on Bones. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah. A- right. Another just like, yeah. oh, it, it was on. <laughs> he yeah. is a guy He is exactly. a guy that I have like facial blindness for that I always forget what he looks like, and I never mm-hmm. know it's him when I see him. I, 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 he just does. He doesn't have a, rem, a memorable face. He's just like a, a man. Yeah, it's a. You face. see him out a, like a lot in public. Yeah, yeah. Every time <laughs> I run into him, I always forget who he is. He's like Brandon. What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've got House Hunters on HGTV, which is still on. Wow. Yeah, that premiered this year. House, House Hunters. Hunters. Um, huh. The Amanda Show on Nickelodeon. Um, uh. Right. Ama- Amanda- oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So the Man Show and the Amanda Show, same year. <laughs> yeah. Look at yeah. that. Amanda Bynes is probably in the same category as like women child stars that were like uh, very unfairly treated and went crazy, you know, mm-hmm. according to the media, like Britney Spears. Like they did a whole documentary Definitely. defending Britney Spears. Amanda Bynes probably falls into this category too, where she was probably, yeah, she probably got screwed for sure. over. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you can, you can read up all about Dan Schneider, who is the, the creator of the show who, you know, in the opening of it, she like, they like, she like, love you, Dan or whatever. You Ooh. can read all up about, about the weird stuff about that guy. Oh, so. interesting. Okay. Yeah, that was that was this year Amanda show. It was like an all that. Yeah. It was it was she had a sad breakdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a tough one. I remember that one. That was um, a tough one. All right. Uh, so okay, this game show premiered this year, which I loved, and I thought it was better than Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It was Greed on Fox. Remember Greed? Oh, I, yeah, I forgot about that. Greed was awesome. Yeah, Greed. I love Greed. Yeah. <laughs> greed is good. Chuck Dave. Woolery. <laughs> Chuck Woolery, a big time conservative. Also, oh, yeah. another person who's lost the thread. I thought he said Chuck Lorre. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Chuck Woolery. Wow. Big time conservative person, like on Twitter and yes. stuff. Right. Yes. I did love this show. So this one, if I remember, I used to talk about this with Lucas all the time. It was a show where Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you would have levels that you could get to with guaranteed money. Greed, it was all or nothing. Greed was crazy. Greed, you had to decide, like... You walk away now. If you keep going, you could get nothing. Like that mm-hmm. was so. Like that's why the show was called Greed right. and similar type of trivia thing. But you worked in teams. It was like four mm. or five people. They were all working together. It was a great and like you, I think you could vote people off or something. Like it, it was a really, right. good, it was a really good. Yeah, thing. Like that fuck was over one of the, One of the one of the few like uh, guaranteed ways to get money is you got ten thousand dollars if you challenged somebody else. In yes. A, in a, a face off. Oh my to, yeah. To right. right. God, that show was, and, it was yes. really good. And, yes. yes. Yeah. And I think honestly, it was just, it was too hard. That I think that was the reason it didn't succeed. Is is it was just. Yeah. Nobody won. Nobody ever won. Nobody ever won. Like the it, it was sort of arbitrarily de- decided who would be the 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 leader of the team, and then right. they had control, and then they had to either trust their team that they all got the answers right, or the or they could change somebody's answer. And yeah, it was it needed a few more tweaks, I think, to make it a little bit 
easier. Yeah. I should bring it back. Uh for the hey, for the three uh, people on this podcast to remember it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Courage the Cowardly Dog premieres this year, Cartoon Network. Great. Yeah. Both very funny but also very creepy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and the it, animation was unique. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. It was like absolutely too scary. I'm a, I'm a big Freddy cat. It was absolutely too scary for me but still compelling enough that I kept watching. <laughs> right. Totally. Yes. I remember really liking this one. Um, you have Family Feud returning for its third incarnation, this time with Louis Anderson as host. Hell yeah, Louis. Love Louis. Louis Danderson um, <laughs> coming back. And you also get the Disney Channel original movies this year. This is where, like, the era where they really start churning uh, them out. Yeah. I, that's my territory because they were on my movies lists and I didn't put them there. They're on television. This is like the part of like a like a police movie where they argue about jurisdiction. Wait, Brandon, I do this. Wait a minute, I do this every year. You've never complained once. I say the Disney Channel original movies every year. I do this every year. Yes, Brandon, I, you didn't say one of them in your list of many films from 1999, did you? I know, no, I said I cut them out of so my list. So back off, back off. But this is uh, is this my thirteenth year? Right? Is that this year? I don't know. It's it's Xenon. Xenon, yes, yes. This is Xenon, Johnny Tsunami, uh, Horse, Horse Sense, uh, Don't Look Under the Bed, um, a lot of good ones. Okay, so let's move on to finales this year, which, yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, Dave, maybe <laughs> cut some of this out. Already did. <laughs> Already did mentally. Uh, Caroline in the City has its finale this year, which... Oh. Yes. Yeah. Which is Too on, short. it was on Must See TV Thursday block, Caroline in the City. Um, That's with um, it was Back, it, Back to the Future. Leah Thompson, right. Leah Thompson. It was her yeah. sitcom, in between Seinfeld and ER, uh, which I don't remember, because I used to watch that block. I don't remember the show, but... I do. It was on. Uh, News Radio has its finale. That show's done. Ooh. Short um, run, too. Short run. Smart Guy, kind of a short run. That's done this Maybe. year, but then it gets... Of course, syndicated on Disney Channel. Dave the Wayans Brothers show on WB is done this year. Love that show as well. That as was quick one. as hell too. As we've talked about, like a couple of years, as we've, as we've talked about, WB just decides to go full shift into white people television right. instead. It's Felicity. It's Dawson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it shifts away from Wayans Brothers and Mad About You is done. Unfortunately, because we say goodbye to Helen Hunt and uh. Paul Reiser. I'm uh, mad about that the dream couple. I yeah, know, dream. The dream is dead. Uh, Melrose Place, big show. That's done this year. Melrose Place is done in 1999. Home Improvement, big one, ends this year. I remember. I, I barely, <laughs> very rarely watch that show, but I, I remember watching the, the the series finale. They in the commercial said that that if you hung around, they were going to show Wilson's face, and I really wanted to see what he looked like. I remember uh, that actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh? The show's done. Ooh. Huh? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, unsolved mysteries. It is a huge year for Tim. Tim's on top. <laughs> yeah, big year for it Tim. Big year, yeah. Uh, unsolved mysteries ends in 1999. It comes back in 2001, so a couple of years later, but it's done in 1999. Unsolved mysteries. It came back again on Netflix. Right. Um, last year. Unsolved mysteries. The nanny. We say goodbye to the nanny. The nanny. Oh. Tragic. We say goodbye to the nanny this year. Sorry, Fran. Um, hopefully she get. I'm assuming she gets with Mr. Sheffield. I think I, that is how it ends. I'm pretty sure. Probably. Um, hey Dan, that's a big loss for both TV and fashion. 
Yes. So I, I, my heart goes out to you. I feel the pain as well. <laughs> uh, big year for who did we just say is a host of greed? Chuck Woolery. Chuck, big year for Chuck Woolery because love connection ends and greed begins. So he's just moving uh, right. Okay. He's just trucking right along. Love connection <laughs> comes back in 2017. Uh, the. It's like in life, greed always occurs right after the love connection ends. Right. It does feel like that was the the, the uh, thematic the direction our country went in, away from love connections and towards yeah. greed. Yes. Uh, Disney Doug is done. Good. Shit sucks. Um, Cow and Chicken. Uh, Cow and Chicken is done. As uh, which yeah. we, we talked about a very sure weird show, great, but too weird to, to to stay. We say goodbye to another show that is an inspiration for Dan and Bravo. Hard copy. Do you know hard copy. hard copy is another like American tabloid TV show? Hard copy. Oh. Hmm. Um, I don't never heard of it. Yeah, it was on for like ten years, uh, but th- that's done this year. Number of lawsuits against hard copy sounds like real seedy. <laughs> like uh, Elton John, I think sued hard copy at one point. Like it's a very like horrible tabloid oh. stuff show. Hmm. I think it's like a sister show of Entertainment Tonight, something like that. Like they were on in the same block. Like the darker, yeah, like, version I, of it. I think so. Yeah, Match Game and this iteration of Match Game ends comes back in 2016. Dexter's Laboratory ends comes back in 2001. I don't know, Dave. Let me just get through this. Um, I don't even remember. <laughs> okay, I'm, all I'm right, a big game show going. guy. It's it's too long. <laughs> okay, keep going. It's keep a lot. Going. I'm, I'm uh, figured out ends as we said. Great show comes back in 2012. They figured it out. They figured it everything out. So. And Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. The, the next iteration of Power Rangers would last, last for less than a year again. It's done. Um, I also have clips. Found the See, like, I, I knew this was going to be too long. Um, it's, it's just so much in TV. But these clips are pretty good. I'll let you guys choose. Or none at all. I have a clip from MTV News where they're interviewing celebrities and asking them how they think about Y2K and what they think is going to happen. It's like random MTV Love celebrities, that. right? The answers aren't like amazing. One of the an- one or two of the answers are kind of funny, but like most of them are just kind of like, yeah, it's whatever. I, that was on my list of things to play for my technology segment. Okay, so I won't play it. I have a clip, but I'm not playing uh, it. But you're not playing it. Okay, I also have a clip of an <laughs> SNL sketch where it's the cast of SNL doing Friends because Matthew Perry's hosting and Chris Kattan is Ross, and it's so goddamn funny. Um, that's like another thing. It's just something that, that was in 1999 that I thought was kind of funny. Do we do we get good uh, choices of celebrity in Y in the Y2K one? Yeah, it's very yeah. It's a lot of people we've talked about on the show. Yeah. Okay. The answers just aren't like amazing. Let's do it. Yeah, All it right. feels yeah. fitting. I, I want. I, yeah, okay. I want to see who, who, okay. who was a celebrity in '99. Okay. That that was that answered the call for this. Okay. I'm gonna be surrounded by people that I love and in a nice warm climate and. Um, Whatever happens, happens. No, I haven't got caught up in the hype about the millennium and all that. Dr. Dre. I'm just living day by day. I mean, I don't want to be in an airplane <laughs> when, when 12 o'clock comes New Year's Eve. You know, who knows who knows what's going to happen with these computers, man. <laughs> you won't be able to get your money for like two weeks. You know, I think bank records will come back online, but there might be confusion. You know, I wouldn't want to oh, be man. in a of crowd. Of course, Sean Popper is, thinks but it's going to happen. I don't think that any, you know, I, I think planes will fly. <laughs> because worse is the worst, the army will come in and fly them. Cindy I'm not Crawford. sure I'm going to be traveling anywhere. Like, I'm, I t- I'm a little bit concerned about that whole Y2K flying air Whoa. traffic control thing. So I might just want to be somewhere with, like, a lot of canned goods just in case. 
I was talking to my mommy this mommy. morning on the phone, and she's, she's telling me all this. She's like, "Don't get in an elevator." That's like her her word. She's like, "You're not allowed to get in an elevator." So um, I was like, "Okay, mommy, I'll, I'll stay away from that one." But you know, planes, uh, the, the whole bit, planes. you know, money. She's like, I think she's like stocking food for for the next two years. <laughs> he wants to be like Offspring. a commercial jet Offspring. at midnight, flying like over the Dayline or something. I don't know. Yeah, I like that one. You know, I think it's going to happen when it hits midnight in the year 2000. It's going to be like the whole world watching the odometer roll over on their car at 10,000 miles. It's going to be like, cool, 2000. But what if, what if I'm still going to be ugly, I'm still going to be disgusting, and I'm still not going to have any friends. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest Y2K uh, problem. That it's not the computers or anything. It's Mark being <laughs> ugly and not having friends. Do you have any concerns about like Jay -Z. all these uh, talks about Y2K and Millennium Bugs and <laughs> mm, whatever? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, can we can we control it? Is it something we can stop? Push push a button? I can't worry about things that's out of my control. I'm gonna skip ahead. You know, I'm good saying? attitude. Good attitude. In my control that I can author. A Q-tip. His answer is amazing. I have like 80 gallons of water, and a whole bunch of insure and like insure <laughs> um, generators and things of that nature, just in case. You know, I'm pretty sure things will kind of mess up, so I'm just gonna stay home. <laughs> I don't trust it. Every, and it's like the calm before the storm, because nobody's concerned. Everybody's like, oh, ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to you know. On Budapest or something, you know what I mean? Yo, how it goes down, you know, we're gonna have to handle it. It's just gonna be a, a different day, a different number. I'm quite sure everybody's gonna wake up with the same hangover, whether it was 98 or, or, or 2000. Your head is gonna still hurt the same way when you wake up in 2000. I mean, we're, we're looking right, at the top. Zach Taylor. <laughs> I'm gonna stop it there. Zach Taylor Roca's answer talks about corporations, and it's I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> like, um, like, and then Jules at the very end. But there were some fun answers there. Q, I love Q-Tip. <laughs> Q-Tip. Yeah. He is genuinely he scared. Is He's like, no, I got a bunch of supplies. <laughs> like, and then John Popper. Was it, is that his name? Yes. Yeah. I forgot that the planes was like a big right. Uh, Bit of paranoia. Your plane was gonna crash if you were riding it yeah. into the millennium. The air traffic control was gonna go down or whatever. Why too cool? <laughs> Why too cool? Next up, uh, fashion. I'm always ready for fashion. Turn to the left. Turn to the left. Fashion. Turn to the right. Dandin, dandin. All right, fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, one more 90s year of me taking that long, lonesome stroll from the catwalk to behind the cat desk, where I will read my fashion news, news items for the year. And uh, sorry, guys, if I appear a little stressed out this year, because um, my wife just informed me that she's um, just before the broadcast that she's fashionably late this month. So I... Um, I'd rather just j dive into my work and focus on that, if that's okay with you guys. <laughs> All right, so let's get right into it. Let me share my screen. Okay. Do you see me looking up hard copy? Yeah. Yes. yes. And just another quick reminder that you can go to our Instagram, at Dan and Brave Presents, to swipe along with our fashion news segment slideshow. Here we go. It's fashion, baby, of 1999. 
First, in hairstyling news. By 1999, it was considered unstylish and unattractive for men and boys to have longer hair. As a result, short hair completely took over. From 1999 onwards, aside from curtained hair, spiky hair, bleach hair, crew cuts, frosted tips, and variants of the quiff became popular among younger men. Oh, yeah. Dark-haired men dyed their spikes blonde or added wavy blonde streaks, a trend that uh, that continued into the early 2000s. And we have a nice picture of, I think, the kid from Malcolm in the Middle, right? Mm-hmm. What's his name? Yeah, he, was, know? he was the middle the child. Older, right. Reese. It's Reese, yeah. Yes. Reese from Malcolm in the Middle. Has some frosted blonde hair spiked up. And uh, fellas, you you want a frosted tip from me? Lose the bleach streaks altogether and just go prematurely bald like me. <laughs> Less upkeep and you're going to love it. I remember That's my advice. When I, when I had my hair short, because my, my hair is like prematurely gray like in legitimately like 2017 somebody asked if i frosted my tips to make it that color (laughs) and i was like what year is it (laughs) i i used to flip my hair in the front i did that oh yeah frost i I was gonna say the the flip yeah that was a big thing too around this time i feel like just a front flip yeah. Straight and then flip. Yeah. Never, never dyed it. Never, no. Never dyed it. Okay. Never bleached it. No, I was too yeah. scared. I, and I didn't really like the Bleach. way that that looked. Yes. But I, I, yeah. I love the classic kid who uh, bleached his hair and then went in the pool and now has green hair. That was a, that was a. Uh, <laughs> oh wow. A classic yeah. occurrence around this time. Yes. Uh-oh. My my stepmom would put sun in in my hair, but that would wash out pretty quick. Like when we would go to the beach, like that wasn't like permanent bleach. Temporary. It was like a temporary tattoo for hair. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, time for a makeup wake up, sleepy guys. Because by 1999, glittery sparkling makeup has come into style. This was known as Y2K makeup, consisting of facial glitter and lip gloss. And it was actually called Y2K because people who wore the makeup could see into the future. I guess you could say they were Claire's voyant. <laughs> Claire's voyant. Okay, um, we have some fun FUBU news and GAP news crossover. Because also in 99, LL Cool J starred in a commercial for, Ga- for GAP in which he wore a FUBU hat and incorporated the phrase for us, by us, into his rap lyrics. Uh, the commercial's production team was unaware of the meaning behind LL Cool J's FUBU reference until the advertisement already aired. <laughs> and the subsequent controversy proved to be a tremendous publicity boost for both companies by simultaneously establishing FUBU in the mainstream while giving Gap, quote-unquote, street credibility. So, labels love Cool James. <laughs> <laughs> he closed the gap between Gap and Fubu. This is kind of fun. But how about this? Some Ralph, Ralph Lauren news. The first Ralph Lauren restaurant, the RL Restaurant Chicago, opens up in 99. Oh, wrong picture. <laughs> Adjacent to its largest Ralph Lauren flagship store in the world on Ma- Michigan Avenue along the Magnificent Mile. Danny, do you know about this Ralph Lauren? No. It's your neck of the woods now. Nah. 
Well, you should check out this place if it's, if it's still open because they have some pretty uh, good items on the menu, including the beef Laurentine <laughs> and the polo cow burger. <laughs> Among others. Hold okay, on. So what was that second one there? <laughs> <laughs> Polo cow burger. What is what is the pun? <laughs> Polo. Ralph Polo. Polo Ralph Lauren. <laughs> so the pun <laughs> is <laughs> like low calorie. Like low cow. Uh, Polo cow. Yeah. Okay. Polo cow burger. Okay. Sucks. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> it took you. me uh, a while. It took me a little explaining, but now I'm on board. I appreciate the uh, the, the work that you put into it too. Uh, <laughs> trying to figure it out. Um, Nike Woo Wear crossover news. Hey, hey now. 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 Additionally, in 1999, Nike released a Wu Tang Clan themed Dunk High. Picture here. The shoes were produced in low quantities. Their rarity and popularity makes them very sought after, with reseller prices as much as $7,500. Whoa. So Wu-Tang Killer Bees are on the Swarm, and Wu-Tang Dunk Highs are on the Facebook Marketplace. Thank you. (laughs) How about Tommy News? You guys want Tommy News? Oh, I love Tommy News. I know you want Tommy News. Love Tommy News. After successfully sponsoring Cheryl Crow's tour last year, Tommy Hilfiger continues its corporate benefaction by sponsoring both Britney Spears' Baby One More Time tour and Lenny Kravitz's 1999 Freedom Tour. Wow, I've heard of a tour de force, but a tour de nim? Actually, seeing that I ripped my jeans yesterday, I guess I have heard of it. So never mind. Tour de nim. Um, this is a cool little uh, advertisement for the Britney Spears Baby One More Time tour. Presented by Tommy. Doesn't even say Hilfiger, it just says Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Tommy. Her friend Tommy. Hey, Tommy. Hey, it's my boy Tommy. My boy Tommy. He's, he's presenting Britney Spears' tour. <laughs> um, in Gucci lingo news, this is exciting. As we all know, the name Gucci turned into an, an eponymous adjective. Examples, I feel Gucci, and that's so Gucci, to describe something that feels like the high-flying luxury of Gucci. Well, the earliest known instance of the word being used in this sense is found in the September 1999 issue of Harper's Bazaar, in which singer Lenny Kravitz describes his bedroom as very Gucci. <laughs> so Lenny, wow, his bedroom is very Gucci, his tour is very Tommy, his music is very American Eagle. <laughs> He's a guy who's deeply entrenched in the fashion world. Uh, lastly, we have some Calvin Klein fashion news. Very fun. <clears throat> Calvin Klein, when advertising the CK1 perfume in 1999, placed email addresses in print advertisements targeting teenagers. When these teens mailed these addresses, they would be placed on a mailing list that sent them emails with vague details about the models' lives, with fake details meant to make them more relatable. These mails 
came at unpredictable intervals and were supposed to give readers the feeling that they had some connection with these models. And from personal experience, I think this marketing tactic worked because I'm still getting emails from Calvin Klein models telling me how much they love living in beautiful Jackson, New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) So good model for getting the teens to buy CK1. And um, that's it for fashion this decade. I'm now going to hide under my fashion cat desk in anticipation for the end of the world due to Y2K. Um, Till next millennium, meow, ciao to all. (laughs) How is is your wife's ETA? Is she still... uh, I haven't really been talking to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, It's kind of getting buried into my work right now. Okay. Need distractions right now. Fashionably avoided. Yeah. <laughs> Very 90s of you to avoid your wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah avoid <laughs> my responsibilities as a... Uh, as a husband. Husband, yeah. So, um, thank you. Zach, what's next? Yeah, what's next, Zach? Thank you, Dave. Okay. Uh, let's do sports next. I, I, I want Jock, Jock Itch. Now, now, Zach, you have the chance to actually interject. Oh, boy. Are we sure? We haven't had a Brandon segment in a while. <laughs> uh, okay. No, let's, let's, let's stockpile them at the end. Okay. Stockpile <laughs> at the opposite of what Brandon said. He was like, right, we'll everything Brandon's right. been saying that he doesn't want. All right. Well, do you have books this year, Brandon? No. Harry Potter was famous uh, this year. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Never heard of it. But uh, uh, <laughs> how about technology? All right. Let's do technology. Ooh. Okay. Let's talk tech. Dandin, dandin. Let's talk in tech. Welcome to my tech talk. This is TEDx Bravo. Uh, we're um, <laughs> we're going to talk about two things. Uh, we're going to talk Y2K, and we're going to talk something else. So yeah, Y2K. Uh, as you know, Danny uh, stepped on my territory uh, about it was a it was a it was a big fear. Now, what were, what was your guys' like personal experience with Y2K? Because I I have a very vivid memory about it. Vague uh, fear. Okay. I think I was told to... I was on the computer, on the internet, at the time of the ball dropping in, into 2000, and I was kind of monitoring the computer as my family partied. You know, got <laughs> got wasted and lit. <laughs> wasted and lit. <laughs> and lit. Zach and Dan, do you guys have uh, anything? I remember there being an article in, I want to say it was, do you, like, do you remember the Weekly Reader? Yeah. In the, mm-hmm. the oh, thing yeah. That they had, yes. I remember reading about it in the Weekly Reader that there was going to be some issues related to two-digit numbers not being able to to rec- recognize uh, moving into a new year and it was going to come down to zero, zero, or it's going to go to 100, and that... That was going to cause some issues for some people, and that's all I really remember about it. I that was sort of my understanding of it. Only later did I really understand how like doomsday prepper some people got about it. Yeah, like I at, at the <laughs> right. time, I my understanding was that oh, adults with jobs who work are going to have some trouble because of this. Right, right, right. I didn't. I did not understand that some people really thought it was going to be end of the world type of stuff yeah i think like 
maybe like a slight fear, but I remember being given assurances everything's going to be fine. Specifically, a um, friend of the show, a friend of ours, Lucas, his dad had some job in computers. I can't remember what he did. I remember going to their house and him being like, nothing's going to happen. Like, it's impossible. It's okay. fine. Like, we're going to be fine. And I remember being given assurances from him. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like a specific, like, odd memory I have of like the Y2K stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely remember this in culture. I remember, like I saw Brandon, you, you mentioned the movie end of days, right? That's like a movie where, where Satan comes, uh, <laughs> and Arnold <laughs> has to fight him for the 2000 switch. And it's because 1999 when flipped upside down is six, 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 that was like the whole tie in they made. Oh my the, God. the movie's insane. I mean, there's a one there that you need to do. something. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. 6661. You can't just ignore that. <laughs> I, I know. That's why the movie's so great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm going to play I'm going to play a news report that gives like a pretty good summation of everything. But my my personal memory of this was there was like a I've mentioned them on, on before on Bravo the family that I my like we were really good friends with that had three kids. They had all the toys, they had every game system, and we were at their house on New Year's Eve and I remember everyone was like they 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 were afraid, but in retrospect, it was because the dad was like feeding into it. Like he was like feeding feeding oh, okay. the fear on purpose. And when the countdown happened, he I guess he flipped the breaker of the house, uh, and all the so oh. all the power went out as soon as it struck midnight. It was like a very like dad joke thing to do. It was like a long con on his family basically to like cut the power to the that. house. And every, I remember everyone like screaming and freaking mm. out and like. Everyone be like, oh, shit, it down. actually happened. <laughs> you, you're going to try that on your family next millennium day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, like, the father's absence yeah, yeah. in a time of trial. Time by. But so here's a, here's a Y2K news report that will give, give a little bit of a clear idea. I mean, Zach is basically got it right, but let's watch this. On this very special upcoming New Year's Eve, thousands of Americans will be spending the night at the last place they might have expected. ABC's Steve Osinsami explains. When the ball drops in New York's Times Square this New Year's Eve, a record number of Americans will be hard at work. More than 800 companies have called in extra employees, more than 3 million in all. Even their bosses will be working the holiday. It's important for the CEO, for the top HR executive, the top customer service executive to be there, uh, to, to have a presence for the people that have been asked to come in and work on this special night. Almost everyone is preparing for the worst. Potential Y2K computer crashes top the list. In Jersey City, 400 bankers will be ready to take calls from investors. They know they got to be working, and they know that's the priority. And in other cities across the country, tens of thousands of police Ball officers camp. on high alert. On New Year's Eve, the general workload for patrol officers oh working God. during that shift oh will God. probably be pretty high with the radio calls, with the loud party responses and that sort of thing. For some workers, the pain is not without gain. Domino's Pizza promised its 120,000 workers <laughs> twice what they normally make if they come in and help out. We're expecting to do, yeah. I would honestly tell you, over a million plus pizzas uh, that night and a million plus pizzas that day. This public relations firm is giving workers $2,000, a bottle of champagne, and a hotel voucher as an incentive. My <laughs> wife isn't so thrilled about giving up the weekend, but uh, $2,000 <laughs> is going to make Valentine's Day a lot more sweeter. Small <laughs> I, I just love, I love the focus on like, 
what the incentives were to work. But yeah, basically, there was another news report I was going to show where, yeah, when when they programmed the computers in the 70s and the 80s, they never expected that that code was going to last you know, f- further, you know, on such a commercial level. And to save bytes in the code, they just changed the year from t- four digits to two digits. So it would be 87, 88, 89, right? So they, they didn't, they, they, for some of the companies, they rewrote code and get all this stuff up and running. But for, for banks, all this stuff, they couldn't, they didn't have the infrastructure, I guess, to do it. And it really was just the, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like they just didn't know what would happen to records. And it's the purpose of the company in Office Space, right? Is isn't that what he explains yeah. to Jennifer Aniston that that's oh, yeah. the that's of the his premise job. of the company? Yeah, he was like yeah. preparing for the two thousand switch. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Y two K big tech thing, other big tech thing. And can, that was, can I just say what I really liked about that video yeah. was was it was just like. Oh, all of these people who have jobs with computers, they're going to have to work late to make sure that the jobs are going to, you know, it's going to work. And the pizza delivery, obviously, is going to be a big <laughs> night, so people are going to work longer. And also, the cops are ready to shoot people. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cops a shotgun. Like, it's insane. Lowe's a shotgun for the camera. It's insane. They're ready to shoot. <laughs> They're ready to murder Domino's delivery drivers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't know what will happen at Y2K, but we think we're going to have to shoot people. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they felt like they were going to have to shoot people's computers. Yeah, yeah, shoot the computers. That, yeah. So, yeah, they, they interviewed, in, interviewed uh, investment bankers, a cop with a shotgun, Domino's delivery guys, and a guy whose wife was upset to miss the weekend. That was the... Uh, the, but Valentine's Day 2000 is going to be a banger. <laughs> so the other uh, important, uh, other other really big important tech thing from 1999 <laughs> that changed an industry was Napster. And Napster oh, was Napster. Oh yeah, I had Napster. Oh yeah. So I my fr- my friend did. I had access to Napster on the weekends at my dad's house. And I remember in school, like a group of friends, we would make a list of songs that I should download. And like they would help me like come up with songs. And like it was only for my enjoyment. They were like, oh, you should download this. Oh, like download that. And so like we would make a list. And then when I would go to my dad's, like every other weekend, I would download a bunch of songs and. It grew from there to, you know, because on LimeWire. But um, I can't, I couldn't believe this video when I saw it. I, I had to blink my eyes 50,000 times because I couldn't believe what I had saw. Brandon, what songs do you think you were downloading in 1999? I very much remember, um, rest in peace to a friend of ours, Brian. Uh, mm-hmm. He suggested Will Smith, like download Will Smith <laughs> songs. Will Smith. I very much remember that, uh, and I and I actually think I have the paper, uh, the notebook from from that time. I would, I I really should. I wish I could find it. I remember my friend had Napster, and the songs I remember him downloading were "Your Love" by The Outfield, okay, and "Illegal Alien" by Genesis. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> and those songs had big impacts on me. I thought they were like newer songs too. I like, had no gauge of like what. They're on the computer. They must. Be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to show two quick little clips here, and then we'll be done. 
Legal troubles over copyright infringement aren't slowing down Napster. The song swapping company is now in the top 50 list of most visited sites on the web, according to Media Metrics. And spin-offs are on the way. Still, musicians are concerned. If they think Napster's bad, I can tell I can tell you there's a lot worse coming. You know, the software <laughs> that's you know that is untraceable just around the corner. So it's like the, the edge. Edge. God. Wanted to have uh, the Edge represent the na the anti Napster rather than Lars Ulrich because he's annoying. But he but he was the poster boy of the anti Napster. But here's here's the most important clip uh, that we're gonna see. We're gonna watch uh, the little interview with this guy and then a screen capture that I would have maybe missed if I w wasn't paying close enough attention here. Music is an important part of Brett Opson's life. He hopes he can make it part of his career. <laughs> this freshman at Palm Beach Atlantic College used to download songs from his favorite bands on Napster. Now he thinks the musicians are getting too greedy. They got plenty of money from their tours and things like that. Can't play an MP3 on your stereo in your car, but it's basically, just get over it. But fellow student... <laughs> okay, so that was a sentiment from a musician. Now here we go. We're going to go right here. Computer consultant Jim Margolis of Green Acres says Napster is the most popular clearinghouse for music swapping, with an estimated 50 million users. He outlines the Napster argument. When you connect, you're down. Oh, no <laughs> way. Okay, Gino Brandon. Vanelli. <laughs> Gino Damn. Vanelli. Walter there's a, Beasley, too. There, there's a screen capture <laughs> of, of files being traded on Napster, and we have... Uh, we have four Gino Cinelli tracks here, which is just so funny to think about. Like, I would have never. What are these like, songs? Gist yeah, of the Gemini. Gist of the. Oh, that's, that's a good track. That's an album. That's an album. Yeah, oh. people gotta move. Love of my something. Wow, Gino and Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. Van Halen demo, ultra rare. Walter Beasley, uh, Bugs Bunny films. Dave Mustaine. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, like, I, I was barely, awesome. I was barely watching this clip. Like, I was just listening while I was doing research, and I just happened to look over and see Gino Vanelli. I couldn't believe it. Like, that's fantastic. I just love the idea, too, of people on Napster, like, desperate to get Gino Vanelli tracks. Cause, like, stuff was hard to find sometimes, but yeah. I yeah. mean, hey. hey. Some of that shit was probably out of print, too. Yeah. Right. You walk into three different coconuts asking for Gino Vanelli. Yeah. You might not find it. Yeah. You get laughed out that many times. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, they're like, please get the hell out of here. Like, <laughs> so. been here twice this week asking for Gino Vanelli. <laughs> we will never sell Gino Vanelli here. <laughs> you got to go to Canada. You got to drive up to Canada. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's, it, it changed the music industry forever. Mm -hmm. Great well, era. Well, we obviously it recovered to the point now. Instead of getting no money for their music, all of the artists are getting like thirty dollars. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They figured we it out. We fixed the problem. Yeah, like, <laughs> like fractions of a penny per per stream. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which just goes to show it was never actually about the artists. It was about the recording companies. At a yeah. certain point, it became that Napster had. Uh, generated the most money out of any streaming service for artists than any because they it's still around but i think that that got they got elapsed they oh. got lapsed by somebody um so napster is now more like a spotify yeah it's like a pandora like a radio gotcha thing i believe okay um that has its place and speaking of TED Talk. A friend of mine's fiance was the director of the TEDx Hoboken conference, and I, I like went and like 
went to the like cocktail party and one of the original LimeWire coders was one of the speakers and he was there like promoting his new software and like we all were like hanging out and drinking with him. It was pretty cool. Oh wow. Whoa. Another casual Brandon name drop which he likes to do <laughs> yeah. on the show. He hung out with the Culkins. Yes. He Technically, that was a title drop. He didn't. He doesn't know the guy's name. <laughs> his, name <Yeah>. <laughs> his name was Adam, and his new software is Lantern. Uh, I, I don't remember okay. what his last name is. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> his last name is probably Limewire. Adam. Yeah, Adam Limewire. So there's uh there's the tech the tech corner. Needed to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is Jockitch ready? Yeah. Danden, Danden. Yeah, Jacques, thank you, Zach. Your French sportscaster. Mon Dieu. Napster. Limewire. Kaza. We're done. Kaza. We're done talking about the music bullshit. Uh, Lars Ulrich, he sucks. Uh, uh, yeah. We're talking about sports. But. U.S. sports. <laughs> uh, oh. French sportscaster only talks about U.S. sports. Yeah, uh, I was surprised in 98 he didn't mention that France won the World Cup. Right, yeah. There's, there's a lot of... <laughs> I think you'd be really of... proud of, of that. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, a lot of well, stuff. Well, there's a huge French like thing this year, right? Probably skip over it. Um, okay. But, no, well, there is. Actually, yeah, I'm going to talk about it, but... Uh, first, uh, with baseball, let's see the World Series. Yankees sweep the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series. Awesome for us, boring for everyone else. Um, Zach, you're a Mets fan, right? I'm a Mets fan. Yeah, that's yes. right. You and Dave. I, yeah. I, I went yeah. to a game in that uh, that NLCS where they lost to the Braves, or well, they won the game that I was at, and then uh, the next night, which is maybe my, one of my, one of my favorite sports memories of all time was the game that, uh, it was game six, I believe that went into, or, or that went into, to 14 innings. And then famously, uh, Robin Ventura hit a grand slam that is counted in the books as a single because his teammates tackled him before he could get to, <laughs> before he could get to second base. Oh, amazing. That's awesome. Uh, yes. fantastic. Um, in the NBA, uh, so Bulls era is done, right? Mm-hmm. So now this year right. is the Spurs. The Spurs win the NBA <sighs> championship this year, mm-hmm. starting their dynasty, mm-hmm. um, right. like same right tone. right before the Knicks. But it's it's going on at the same time. Like the Spurs are an amazing franchise. Mm-hmm. The um, wait, did I say right before the Knicks? No, right before the Lakers. Sorry. Um, they beat the Knicks in the in the in the finals this year. This one is they beat the Knicks. Yeah, four games to one. Yes. Uh, this is, yeah, the start of the Tim Duncan era. They win four more championships over the next 15 years. So, uh, you know, Popovich, Spurs, Tim Duncan, David Robinson probably this year. David um, Robinson is around for this one, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, Knicks were the first eight seed to make it to the NBA Finals. First ever eight seed oh, to get to the NBA. Yeah, yeah, to get to the yes. NBA Finals. So that's pretty cool. And it was a it was a shortened season that year. There were only I, I, because of a lockout. There were only 50 something games. Ah, that was this so, year. Oh, so, right. So it was. It it wasn't like an eighty games eight seed. If if there was a full season, they may have been able to get up higher seed. There you go. Okay, uh, this is Vince Carter named Rookie of the Year, and he just retired in twenty twenty, making him the only NBA player to play in four different decades. Dave, did you know this stat? 
You ready to say No. He's, Vince Carter is the only player to play in four different decades because his first year was this year, 99. And he just retired last year. It's an amazing stat. Does that make sense? Yeah. 90, think, think 2000, 2010, 2010 2020s. Four decades. <laughs> I used to love Vince Carter. Yeah. That was his rookie year. Um, and Michael Jordan announces his retirement, which, funny enough, wouldn't be his first or his last time doing this. Um, in, I guess, technically 99. It's January 99, I guess, is his technical oh. announcement. Um, I never talk about the NHL because I don't care, but Wayne Gretzky plays his final game this year. That's big news in the right. NHL. Very last game, mm-hmm. 99. And the NFL Super Bowl 33 is in Miami. And the Denver Broncos win again. They uh, beat the Atlanta Falcons this year. Bad Super Bowl. What, was it? It was not fun to watch. I don't even remember this. I remember the Broncos the, winning. I remember like yes. this era of them being really good, but I don't like remember the game like specifically. Yeah, this is when I start to remember Super Bowls because the next year's I think is very good, but this one is yeah, this one lousy. <laughs> um, yes, I'm the home. halftime show for this one. Okay, I wanted to ask you guys this. Okay, the halftime show for this one is titled "A Celebration of Soul, Salsa, and Swing." Okay, that's the oh. title. Who do, you, who do you think are the artists? Ricky Martin. Soul. Spice Girls. Salsa. <laughs> Soul, well, Salsa, is Swing. This, is this one, it has like like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy or like one of, the, one they, of those? Zach like, is right. Zach is correct. Okay. <laughs> it's Big Whoa. Bad Voodoo Daddy. That makes so much sense. So that's the Whoa. swing. That's the swing representation. Okay. Uh, who, who's the Soul and Salsa sauce. representation? Gladys Knight. Okay. Dave? Gloria Stefan. Got it. Gloria Stefan. Again, she's back again. She's been in a bunch of Super Bowl halftime shows. And then the sole representation is Stevie Wonder. Ah, okay. What a- so it's Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, Stevie Wonder, and Gloria <laughs> Stefan for this halftime show. Three artists that have aged the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in terms of their, their legacy. <laughs> right. Yeah. The pregame show... Uh, narrated by Tori Spelling, <laughs> uh, depicted the okay, depicted the adventure of a Caribbean cruise from its festive departure to its journey to exotic destinations. The what? The, the show included a performance by Kiss. I like that. <laughs> Kiss performed what? in the pre-show, pre-show, and Cher sang the U.S. national anthem. That sounds uh, pretty great. That sounds pretty great. Should you do auto-tune? I hope so. <laughs> oh, say, can you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it'd be great. Um, okay, so moving on from the NFL. Um, I don't talk about tennis too much, but this is like the entry of Serena Williams and her dominance, 1999. Right around this time, she wins the U.S. Open for her first Grand Slam title ever, defeating then number one Martina H- uh, Hingis. Yeah, Hingis. Yep. Yeah, so she's been you know pretty dominant ever since. Dave was alluding to something uh, that's French, uh, the Tour de France. So this is the return of this is there we go. This is the return of Lance Armstrong this year. So that's came, what I'm talking about, Lance. He came back after a three-year battle with cancer, cancer to win the Tour de France, and now, as we know, uh, he's now disgraced. Yeah, I was gonna say. I just recently, um, I've got the Tour de France record book in front of me, and I'm looking, and I don't see his name here. So what? <laughs> What now, Dan, do you support steroids in in bike, uh, bicycle? Great question. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, don't, I like steroids. I don't care. I mean, yeah. It, it, I, I can't imagine doing the Tour de France. Like, oh my god. 
Good lord. The like, Tour de France is insane. How how long is it? I don't know how long it is. It's shorter than it was when they first started doing it because it was like too long. It's like a couple weeks, right? Isn't it like multiple weeks? It, it yes. So it is. It's multiple weeks, and not every like some some of them are time trials, and some of them are all at once. There are mountain stages, and there are sprint stages, and it's more than any human who is not doped up can handle. I, I, I've heard of the Tour de France, but I've never heard of. The Tour de Nim. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. That's um, a callback. Oops. Callback. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Great callback. Okay. And before I jump into the Actually, last yeah, thing for this year, uh, world's best paid athletes list. I've been doing that the last couple of years. So the only new names entering the top 10 this year that weren't in it last year uh, were Evander Holyfield um, and Mike Tyson. I guess now they're getting paid from their big fight. The check finally uh, came in. Check came in, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sha- Shaq enters this year, thirty-one million in nineteen ninety-nine, and Lennox Lewis, you know, newer boxer at this point, um, twenty-nine yeah, million. I used to like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the, I think the event though in nineteen ninety-nine sports is the FIFA Women's World Cup and the U.S. winning. That's a huge one in nineteen ninety-nine. So, is this? Um, it's. It hosted by the U.S. Yeah. And, and won by the U.S. She was on the team, yes, and won by the U.S. versus China in the final. Brandy Chastain, who had missed a penalty kick in the Algarve Cup against the Chinese months earlier, she beat the goalkeeper, uh, Gao Hong, and won the shootout 5-4 for the United States. So the World Cup championship came down to a shootout for the U.S. Chastain celebrated by removing her jersey and revealing her sports bra underneath. That's like a huge, right. iconic <laughs> moment in... FIFA Women's World Cup. Oh, I like always the, thought that was Mia Hamm that did that. No. The shirt it's not. thing. No, it's no, um, Brandy Chastain. Chastain. Je- Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Jessica Chastain, yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I, have, I have heard from, uh, from multiple uh, uh, lesbians of our age that uh, the Brandy Chastain shirt removal was a, was a pivotal moment for them as a young person. <laughs> Just to make sure we get a representation of people of all different, uh, you know. Yes. Of all different backgrounds. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> of course. Zach, is there anything else you want to highlight that you remember specifically from 1999 in sports? Oh, boy. I don't I don't think so. I, I think you did a really good job of covering the important sports moments from, from 99. <laughs> All right. Uh, good job, thank, Danny. Thank you. Yeah, Jacques. Jacques. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Jacques. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jacques. Yes. Bon, bon travail, Jacques. <laughs> uh, merci, merci, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> That's it. What's next? All right, I'm running out of ones that I remember, but I do know that there is a, a, a hit or or split. Or it, it or split. Yes, the best. Yes. Yeah, favorite. It or split? Yes. 99, you mean? Yep. This is a All right. host favorite format. Host yeah. favorite. <laughs> yeah. Not a, not, a, not a fan favorite, a host favorite. Right. <laughs> Danden, Danden. <gasps> oh, hello, class. This is Professor... Oh, behave, Dave. Um, the prof of the celebrity gossip and sex segment. But before we get into our main event game, we'll do a really quick gossip mill spill. Here are a couple of quick as hell celebrity sexless stories that took place this year that I feel like we could talk about because I always talk about the relationship stuff, but some celebrity stuff happens outside of relationships. 
like this. On February 16th, O.J. Simpson's 1968 Heisman Trophy is sold for $230,000 to help settle a $33.5 million civil judgment against Simpson for the deaths of his ex-wife and her friend. So only roughly $33,270,000 away from completely <laughs> completing that settlement. Yeah. Well on his way. I mean, I'm surprised Dan didn't bring that up, actually. Sports thing. True. Okay. How about this one? June 19th, at precisely 4.30 p.m., Stephen King is hit by a car on the shoulder of Route 5 in Lavelle, Maine. He would suffer numerous injuries, including a collapsed right lung, multiple fractures of his right leg, scalp laceration, and a broken hip. So, ouch. Those are the two sexless, sexless stories uh, by celebrities this year sounds like the car crash that uh the james con character endures in uh, misery oh or it could have been christine that hit her uh, or it yeah. could have been christine that hit her <laughs> true had a mind of his own yeah life imitates art for for steven but we we wish him a kingly recovery uh best of luck pal from the dan and braves dan and brave news team okay now before we get into our main event game uh, I want to do this too. I have a list of fun hookups that apparently occurred in 1999. Ooh. I just had to fill you guys in on this one. This is really fun. The list includes Joey Lawrence and Kim Kardashian. Whoa. Jay Z and Aaliyah. Hi, hi, hi. Eric Clapton and Milia McEnry. <laughs> Drew Barrymore and Henry Thomas from E.T. E.T. Mm. Uh, Owen Wilson and Cheryl Crow. Oh, wow. Power wow. Blonde. Power Blonde. Power Blonde. Wow. Uh, Jim Carrey <laughs> and Renee Zellweger. Remember that. I remember right. that. Yep. Yep. Hey. And Michael McKean and Kirstie Alley. Oh. Cool. That's okay. A cool, that's a cool one. Now, can you gossip buffs identify the one cookup in that rundown of hookups? One is in... Uh, <laughs> It's, I made it up. One was made up by me. <laughs> okay. But if you're a real, true oh, gossip damn. buff, you can uh, identify which one was a cookup amongst mm. the hookups. Okay. Interesting. So, kind of like a Where's Waldo of hookups. Sure. Now, can Dan hates when I do things logically, but then he does it the same way. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say Eric Clapton and the girl that Dave had trouble mispronouncing, because I don't know if he would have trouble mispronouncing a name he made up. Um... I'm going to say it's between Kim Kardashian and uh, Joey Lawrence, like that one, or Henry Thomas and Drew Barrymore. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Kim Kardashian and uh, Joey Lawrence. I'm going to say Henry Thomas and Drew Barrymore, because isn't Drew Barrymore weirdly hooking up with Tom Green around this time? She is. I can't so, confirm that. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that 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 the uh, that the other like, uh, unless she was just making a lot of weird decisions this year. I, I'm gonna say that one. So. Dave, what were the other ones? It was Eric Clapton, Jim Carrey, Daisy and Aaliyah. We have Owen Wilson and Cheryl Crow, uh, Jim Carrey and Renee Zellweger, and Michael McKean and Kiersey Alley. I'll say Jay Z and Aaliyah for fun. That, you made that was a cook up in your yeah, mind. Yeah, you made that one up. Yeah. No, guys, all of you are wrong. Damn. 
the real cookup was the last one I mentioned, Michael McKean and Kirstie Alley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So this was the year that Michael McKean actually hooked up with his newly married wife, Annette O'Toole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he put the hooking up uh, away for a uh, settle down in married life. Good for Michael. Uh, damn, yeah, that, that makes sense. Because I was like, politically, they seem on the opposite sides of the aisle. aisle wedding. Yeah, but sometimes yeah. that happens. Yeah, sometimes it does. They get together, the, the separate political people. Anyway, it's time for the main event. Yeah, enough for the bullshit. Enough of this bullshit. Enough of the bullshit. (laughs) Your final exam of the semester. It's Iter Split 99. And I guess we'll do it so Zach can play two. Mm, Should we just let everybody weigh in on on every single one? Yeah. Sure. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. All right, so Iter Split 99. Let's start with this one. Miami Dolphins coach Jimmy Johnson... And longtime girlfriend, Rhonda Rookmacher. Brandon's going first, right? Yeah. Um, a longtime girlfriend. That's a weird kind of thing to drop in there because it's like, will she become his longtime girlfriend or did she just finish being right. his longtime girlfriend? Like a so long time. Well, I'm going to say, be, I don't know. The only thing, the only other thing I know about Jimmy Johnson was that he was on Survivor. And I'm going to say that she was in that audience. So they got, they hit, they hit it then. <laughs> it. I'm going to let Zach go now. So oh. I, I, as, as uh, some may know, I am a, uh, a long suffering Miami Dolphins fan. That's why I'm letting Zach I, go now. And uh, and what I did not mention because I did not feel it was it was worth mentioning uh, during Jacques Edge's segment uh, is that this year uh, the Miami Dolphins got trounced in the playoffs by the soon-to-be Super Bowl winning uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, and if I had seen uh, Jimmy Johnson coach that game, I would have broken up with him too. <laughs> <laughs> and around the time he was on Survivor, he also did uh, commercials for uh, Extends uh, Dick Pills. So I feel like <laughs> he might have also developed some sort of complex. So I'm going to say they split. Split from for Zach, okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll, Danny? I'll join Zach. I'll say, I'll say split. Okay. Well, only one is correct, and oh. that is Brandon. Wow. Jimmy and Rhonda Rookmacher in the Florida Keys, actually. He was 56. She was 45. And, you know, kind of more like Rhonda Tearmacher <laughs> after the lovely Rhonda was able to eke tears out of the usually stone-faced Jimmy. <laughs> And instead of the uh, traditional throwing of the rice, wedding attendees were actually encouraged to throw flutie flakes on the newly matrimonied couple in a tasteless move that also deeply upset Doug Flutie. Uh, Great callback. Callback to uh, my food segment. All right, that was fun. How about this one, guys? You like movies? (laughs) If you do, I'm sure you like this guy, director Martin Scorsese. And Helen Shermerhorn Morris. Hmm. Marty and Helen. Hmm. So is this post Ileana Douglas? I don't know the timeline of Marty's relationships. This is the year of bringing out your dead. That movie's kind of like a, a psychological nightmare. So I'm going to say he was really going through it. So it's a split. <laughs> 
I, I, I'm gonna uh, uh, defer to Brandon uh, in the cinema world and, and say that say that it was a split. I will play the odds here. I will say it so that I could get the point because nobody because then nobody else would. Okay. <laughs> well, there's only one true cinema fan, it seems. It's Danny. <laughs> as, <Yes>. as always. <laughs> <laughs> he was 56 at the time. It happened in New York. How could it not? July 22. And although it's been Marty's most lasting marriage to date, the wedding almost didn't happen. Uh, when to Helen's chagrin, Scorsese was blindly adamant about making their wedding song, Gimme Shelter, played on repeat. <laughs> Almost didn't happen. She talked him out of it. <laughs> but they're still together till this day. <laughs> never stop playing throughout the whole wedding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have one for Brandon, one, right? Yeah, one for Brandon, one for Danny, zero for Zach, but yes. several more to go. Let's get into the third one. Okay. Matchbox 20, lead singer Rob Thomas. Wow. And model. Marisol Maldonado. All right. If there's one thing I know about the year 1999 <laughs> is that Smooth came out. Yeah. And <laughs> yes, I, indeed. I really want to believe that she gave him her heart and made it real and did not forget about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm going to say it. Yeah, my instinct was that, you know, that the sma the surprise smash hit of that song gave him the, c the confidence to uh, tie the knot, so to speak. So uh, I'm going to say, uh, for, although, once again, I'm, I'm thinking that they have to be getting married. Um, they don't. Uh, in this, and I keep forgetting about that. So, but I'm going to say it, hit, hit, hit. Dave, who is she? What's her name again? Her name is Marisol Maldonado. Am she's I, a model. She's a model. <laughs> okay, she's a model. Yeah, he's not getting with models, but he's not getting with models before he took, before he's yes. getting with Santana. <laughs> can you can can you confirm whether or not she was a, a, a Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> at this time, I cannot. Oh. Did they did they get together at three a.m. and on their holy? I gotta say it as well. Well. You said, wait, who said what? I'm sorry. Well, we I think all, we all we said, all said it. it. We all said, we all said it. it. Well, you're all correct. It wasn't it. Um, October 2nd, their wedding was broadcast on ABC's Celebrity Wedding in Style, Oh, which is fun. And um, Danny, you know, Marisol was a little groggy when she accepted Thomas's hand in marriage because for some reason, Rob decided to propose at 3 a.m. I was, I was hoping I would take one of your Damn. jokes. Yes. Oh. I will be attempting to do that every time from now on. <laughs> okay, so now it's two two one, right? Two two one. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is a this is a big couple, right? Undeniable. Puff Daddy and Jennifer Lopez. This is a big couple. Okay. But did it start in ninety nine or did it flop wow. in ninety nine? Great, great question. Okay. I, I, I feel like I feel like this is either the year of or 
before the green dress, the, the infamous green dress. And since we haven't heard about that in the fashion segment on Bravo, I'm saying that the green dress hasn't happened yet, and they Didn't were together. Happen. It couldn't have happened. Went, Would have talked about it. Yeah, and they were together at the time of the green dress, so I'm going to say this isn't it. Okay. <sighs> yeah, it feels right. It feels right. Um, right. Did he? Right. He's like. J. Think of J. Lo's. Yeah, this is it. I'm gonna say it. Also. Yeah. Together. I. I'm gonna take uh, uh, Brandon's uh, logic a, a step further because as the guy who was in charge of technology, if the green dress had happened, the pe people may or may not know this, but the green dress uh, was the impetus for starting Google Images because it was so heavily searched for. And since right. uh, Google Images did not come up in technology yet, I think that they still, they have to be in it. Look at that. This is why you have to listen to Bravo, because it, it gives you the context to answer trivia questions. <laughs> to wow. get inter-split right. Yeah. Well, you guys are all right. It's a damn it. Okay? They began a romantic romance while both working on <laughs> Jennifer's debut album on The Six. And Puffy actually used his baking skills as a way to winning Jennifer's heart, making her an absolutely to die for JLo mold <laughs> of her face. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was thinking it might have been a puff pastry. I didn't, I didn't know where it was going. No, a JLo J mold. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, the yummy, yum, yum, yum. Great. But that was a fun couple to see together. This is also the year where uh, they both get caught in this, like, gun charge. Yeah. Because, like, someone gets shot at a club. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that was crazy. In, yeah. In some way. Yeah. Waiting for tonight, also, like, a Y2K-themed video by J-Lo. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That, yeah, that was cool. Waiting for the millennium. Right. I love that song. Um, and Diddy's album, Waiting to Interject. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know... Why don't we do, what do you say, one more? Sure. Time for one, one more? Sure. sure. Okay, how about this one? Brooke Shields and Andre Agassi. This is a couple I remember from back in the, back in the day, personally. Brooke Shields, the actor, and Andre Agassi, the tennis player. That feels very 90s. So I'm going to say split. I don't know. I, it's just, Mike, I don't really have much logic other than I feel like it's a more of a 90s thing than a 2000s thing for them to last. But I don't know. I'm going to say split. Okay. Yeah, I like that logic, too. Um, yeah, it feels a little older than this. Yeah, him and... Although he is, like... Nah, yeah, I'll, I'll say split also. Yeah, that was my okay. gut. Split. Zach. As much as going for it, I know is the only way I can end this in a tie, and otherwise I'm going to lose. I do know for a fact that they were a, a much earlier couple, and soon after this, uh, he, uh, Andre Agassi got with a fellow step, uh, fellow tennis star Steffi Graf. So I, 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 I know that this is this is a split. Wow, wow. Well, Zach just confirmed it. It is a split. They were married in '97 and did it away in '99. <laughs> And, um, you know, the high-profile coupling. Oh, I've got your joke. I've got your joke, Dave. Damn it. Don't say it, please. <laughs> I've got Dave's joke. 
Is it about a tennis core score by any chance? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. I didn't say it, Zach. Did. <laughs> I didn't. Anyway, listen. He he eventually got into crystal meth, and that was part of the reason why they broke up. But it seems the only love Andre could find in '99 was on the tennis court. You know. Nice. Fifteen love, forty love, love like that. And then she said, "It's all your fault." Right. Right. Game. She did say that. Yes, I have that written here too. Bald icon, Dave. Bald icon, I guess. Bald icon. Both bo- both a mulleted and bald icon. Very yeah. very the very rare combo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I in my book all of you guys passed this exam this semester. You passed the class. And um I'm going to pass some gas uh and let Zach pick the next segment. Thank you so much. Class dismissed. Yeah, 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 All right. Uh, I just because I can remember that it is a thing is births and deaths. <laughs> is that what it's oh. called? Is it in Borneum in in memoriam? Mornium. Yes. Mornium. In Mornium in Borneum. Yes. How could I forget that it wasn't just called births and deaths? Yeah. <laughs> how, such how, a great name. how dare you? My my fault. <laughs> dandin, dandin. How dare you? Yeah, so this year, I mean, this this segment has gotten progressively both harder and worse uh, as uh, as it's gone on. Only according uh, to you, man. We I know. all love it. We all love it here. Uh, but this one was, it was really hard to find people that I knew who they were that were born. Um, yeah. There is. I had to really narrow down the list of people that died, and I refused to, to not do one for one. So if I left the people out, just know that there were more very famous people that died. But uh, I don't know who – half the people on the list were YouTube stars or Instagram stars and just people that I don't know the names of. The person who died this year was Joe DiMaggio, famous uh, baseball player for the New York Yankees. He got in trouble for uh, – Kissing a celebrity uh, Marilyn Monroe, right? To having an affair with her or something. Yeah. And Didn't he marry her? Sure. He, uh, he did marry her. He got in trouble for marrying like her. He got in trouble for kissing, <laughs> marrying and kissing her. Uh, and Yeah, they got uh, caught. Born this year. <laughs> born this year is star of the kissing booth, Joey King. Uh, I just uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. Uh, I don't know who or what that is. <laughs> it's a Netflix. <laughs> see, that's hard. Uh, the Netflix movie, The Kissing Booth, died this year. Uh, director Stanley Kubrick, who uh, you know the aforementioned Eyes Wide Shut, uh, he died before the release of the film. There's a lyric by Frank Ocean where he says. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, this is some visionary shit. Trying to feel pleasure, trying to fill pleasure with my eyes wide shut. And Frank Ocean recently cited by Lil Nas X as being his inspiration to come out. Uh, and so Lil, Lil Nas X was born <laughs> this year. Okay. Great. Love, we love uh, Lil. We know him. We love him. We all on, know him. We love him on this show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really great. Died this year. A tragic death. Uh, I was wondering if it was going to come up in uh, Jock Itch's his segment, but Owen Hart passed uh, away. Right. Yeah, he fell off of the rafters and, and broke his neck in an extreme... Well, I don't know if that's what happened, but he, 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 he took a tragic fall, and you know who takes a tragic... During, during a live event. During a live event, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, th- a pl- pay-per-view event. 
But, you know, who else takes tragic and terrifying falls constantly is one of my favorite b basketball players. The acrobatic John ja Morant was born this year. He he goes so hard and he always falls and it's very scary because I don't want him to get hurt. But he's uh, he takes a lot of dangerous falls. Very, very fun to watch, John Morant. He's I great. love John. You love John. Good guy. Um, good. I mean, I don't. I, he might be a good guy or not. <laughs> <laughs> good basketball man. Uh, died this year was George C. Scott, uh, star of Patton and mm -hmm. Taps and Exorcist Part Three, and, and the Eric Kubrick movie, Doctor uh, Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah. So he typically, uh, sometimes he portrayed a mad man. And born this year was uh, an actress from Mad Men, Kiernan Shipka, the daughter of Don right. Draper. Oh. Mm. Um, and then finally, this one, this one was the one that came to mind as soon as I saw this, and so I wanted to save it for last. JFK Jr. died uh, right. this year. Oh, anymore. yeah. Unless now, you believe QAnon conspiracy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Right. Yes. In which Q, case, right? Yes, in which case he is Q. <laughs> But I, I very <laughs> specifically remember where I was when this happened. I was with my mom in the Silverton Bagel shop where I went just a mere two weeks ago to pick up the bagel for the podcast, the episode of Seinfeld. And when I saw the name of this person that was born, I thought it was someone that reminds me of Dan, who is a co-host of this podcast. So born this year was Sabrina Carpenter, who I thought it was Sabrina Claudio, but it wasn't. Uh, and so there you go. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but it's not. You did nothing to help me learn who Sabrina Carpenter uh, well, is. Well, all, <laughs> all I know about Sabrina Carpenter is that she is not Sabrina Claudio. Thank um, you. So... Um, that is my segment of Inbornium. Inbornium. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Love it. Always love it. It looks like she's some kind of Disney Channel person. Makes sense. That seems what they all were. Yeah. When in doubt, it's Disney. Oh, if you had done a little bit more research, you could because apparently she, her debut album was called Eyes Wide Open. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn, Brandon. Well, listen, I try and do this off the top of the head, spur right, of the moment. I, if I pre-came up with these connections, this segment would only flow better and have less awkwardness. So I don't know why you would want me to do that. True. It, yeah. would, yeah. it would threaten the integrity of the whole the whole segment. Yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. All right. I think I think we've earned the weather at this point. <laughs> weather. I feel, wow. It feels earned. Dandin, dandin. All right, weather. Let's get sad. <laughs> it's it's me, Weather Dan, aka Precipitation. So, in 1999, you have the North American blizzard. 1999 seems like we get a lot of blizzards um, every year. It's a pretty common thing, but I'm going to continue talking about it. <laughs> it kicks off 1999. It's January 2nd to January 4th. It struck the Midwestern U.S. and portions of Central and Eastern Canada. But this was one of the use, one of the worst blizzards in Chicago history, which is why I wanted to mention it. As okay. A newer Chicago resident. Yep. Um, the storm dumped a total of 21.6 <laughs> inches of snow on the city over two days. The one day total for January was about 17 inches of snow. January 2nd, it's a lot of snow. And the blizzard paralyzed the city. Immediately after that storm, the Chicago area saw temperatures below zero. And also because of flight delays, 
Some passengers spent more than eight and a half hours in their planes after arriving at uh, nice. the airport in Detroit. Damn. Really fun. Fun stuff. That is certainly a, uh, a deep dish of, uh, of snow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yes. New York got just sort of a thin little, a thin crust of snow, and they think that's better there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. This is deep dish of snow. Okay. Tornado season, 1999. Uh, you have, there's an event called the Bridge Creek Moor Oklahoma F5 Tornado. Brandon, you know what an F5 is? It's the big boy. Yeah, it's um, the, the, the maximum one. The finger of God, they call it in Twister. Produced the highest wind speed ever recorded on Earth. The highest wind speed ever recorded on Earth in Oklahoma during tornado season. It was one tornado, 301 miles an hour. Wow. Sheesh. <laughs> so if you're near that thing, that's it. You're getting ripped apart. I mean, you're not surviving that. So Look out, NASCAR. Yeah. This, these are some real speeds. Yeah. Yeah, get the hell out of here, NASCAR. Uh, yeah. You also have the Salt Lake City tornado, which was on August 11th. This was the first major tornado to occur in a large urban area's downtown district. It was just a tornado that ripped through Salt Lake City, and it struck buildings of like that were like 500 feet tall. This is all according to Bill Alder. Got salt oh. all over the buildings, and <laughs> <laughs> according to Bill Alder of the National Weather Service. Yeah, it happened in an area of the U.S. where tornado tornadoes of this strength are relatively rare, caused approximately $170 million in damage. So Salt Lake City, get the hell out of there. And then I mentioned this beginning of the show, you have the 1999 Sydney, Australia hailstorm. This is a crazy one. Uh. It's the, uh, <laughs> the costliest. Oh, by the way, now I'm uh, Natural Disaster Danny, a.k.a. Dan's Ass Turds. Well... Not yet. Hailstorm is still weather, I guess, as opposed to natural disaster. <laughs> eh, I don't know. Don't know what it qualifies as, but I'm, I am that character at some point. This is the costliest, it says natural disaster, in Australian insurance history. <laughs> it's, oh. the, it's the costliest Ooh. disaster in Australian insurance history, causing extensive damage along the east coast of New South Wales. Insured damages caused by the storm were over 1.7 billion in Australian dollars. The storm dropped an estimated 500,000 tons of hailstones. 500,000 tons of hailstones Jesus. in its path. It was classified as a supercell. It's a weather term. The storm was classified as a supercell. What does that mean, Dan? Yeah. A supercell is a thunderstorm characterized by the presence of mesocyclone which is a deep persistently rotating updraft it's a deep persistently rotating updraft that's what a supercell is hmm. um, okay I can picture it now they are the overall least common of the four classifications of thunderstorms and as we all know the four classifications of thunderstorms are Dave wet um, wetter not dry well, I don't know do we get that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Ring okay. Ringo is the last one. Okay. <laughs> and Ringo, yeah. No, of course, it's Supercell, Squall Line, Multicell, and Single Cell. Yeah, so that's a little education for y'all. And the last event uh, the natural disaster category is the 1999 Izmit earthquake in northwestern Turkey, lasting only for 37 seconds. 
you know, it. and the thing is, it's not that big of a deal. It only killed around 17,000 people. Oh, you in, get that in right? 37 seconds? 17,000? 37 seconds, 17,000 people are dead from this earthquake in northwestern Jeez. Turkey. Holy yeah. shit. 250,000 people were left homeless. There must be some mistake. <laughs> Wikipedia never lies, man. Oh, my God. And then uh, also according to Almanac.com, March 26th, which was the date I put this information together. <laughs> On uh, 1999 in Long Branch, New Jersey, headquarters, U.S. headquarters hey. of the show, there was a low of 30 degrees, which was the exact same low in 1998 that I reported for the date, and a high of 50 degrees with zero pre- precipitation. Not bad. So that's what's going on around this time in Long Branch. And on my birthday, May 14th, 1999, in Tom's River, a low of 44 and a high of 62. Nice day. That's a nice day. Nice. With uh, zero precipitation. Yeah, great day. So yeah, that's um, Weather Danny with always looking to lift your spirits up like a supercell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was super sold on that segment. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm happy we have included that for this decade and on this podcast. <laughs> uh, before Dave and I finish, uh, I'm going to use the restroom, and then we can finish this out. Sure. Who who should go first? Food or where are they now? Uh, I feel like where are they now is the real the real finisher, right? Yeah, the real. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let somebody else decide sort of what the uh, I'm going to also use the bathroom, but I'm, I'm going to decide. So let somebody else decide what's. What's the closing? What's what's your closer? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna also go to the bathroom and. So Dan, you decide. Bye bye. 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 Um, we I, I, we usually close with like where are they now in Borneum? I I guess do food now and oh, then close okay, with where are they now? Okay, let's do some food. Yeah. Let's eat now. It's pretty quick. So quick bite. Dandin, dandin. Um, aside from uh, aside from the Harry Potter being famous this year, uh, just have to do a quick and final Michael Crichton check in. Uh, this is the year that he wrote Timeline, uh, which is uh, bad and became a bad movie with Paul Walker, uh, where they oh, have to yeah. go back to medieval times. Yes, I um, remember this movie. So that is the Michael Crichton check in. Okay, so for food, I was trying to find some commercials, but I wanted to do something different. Uh, I found out that this is the year that Splenda became a thing. <gasps> it seems like a thing that was more like ubiqui- ubiquitous with food, like longer than 1999. Like it's kind of weird that that like began then as a uh, sugar uh, alternative sugar. But um, no, the thing that the thing that began really picking up steam this year is Anthony Bourdain's writing in the New Yorker. Um, oh. And, you know, after this is when he really explodes in the next year, uh, his book Kitchen Confidential, which is a great book, came out. And so it's built off of this article that I'm going to read a couple of uh, clips, uh, samples from. And then so he's, he had written two novels. It was like a I think like a, a, a detective cook bo- uh, book, like about a detective, like it was a fictional book. And so but he would always do some writing for for. Uh, for uh, publications, but uh, so the title of this one, and you may have read it because it's famous, and it, like I said, this portions of this are in his book is um, "Don't Eat Before Reading This." So it's uh, a New York chef spills some trade secrets. And that's the whole thing is that he's kind of like blowing the whistle on cult, like the culture, and you know the bad the bad boy of the kitchen uh, he was. But so he's talking about all this stuff, and we're gonna go to here. 
The fish specialty is reasonably priced, and the place got two stars in the Times. Why not go for it? If you like four-day-old fish, be my guest. Here's how things usually work. The chef orders the seafood for the weekend on Thursday night. It arrives on Friday morning. He's hoping to sell the bulk of it on Friday and Saturday nights when he knows the restaurant will be busy, and he'd like to run out of the last few orders by Sunday evening. And then he turns it into a stew, basically like that. So he's talking about... You know, the later in the days, the weekend, you have the the less fresh of fish. Good tip. Mm-hmm. The, then there are the people who brunch. The B word is dreaded by all dedicated cooks. We hate the smell and spatter of omelets. We despise hollandaise, home fries, those pathetic fruit garnishes, and all the other cliche accompaniments designed to induce a credulous public into paying $12.95 for two eggs. Nothing demoralizes an aspiring Escoffier faster than requiring him to cook egg white omelets or eggs over easy with bacon. You can dress brunch up with all the focaccia, smoked salmon, and caviar in the world, but it's still breakfast <laughs> wow dan hater that's calling you out specifically <laughs> why me aren't you like a big brunch guy no i i, I mean <laughs> have i ever said that i mean I, I i don't know i just you feel like it brooklyn culture <laughs> <laughs> yeah you live in brooklyn for like 10 years so um, i mean yeah I, I do like brunch culture <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. even more even more despised than the brunch people are the vegetarians. Serious cooks regard these oh. members of the dining public and their Hezbollah-like splinter faction, the vegans, <laughs> as enemies of everything that's good and decent in the human spirit. To live life without veal or chicken stock, fish cheeks, sausages, cheese, or organ meats is treasonous. I just love how he has no patience yeah. for, for that. <laughs> That seems like a particularly '90s take. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. yeah, I feel like at this point, like people have like really been like, All right, yeah, sure, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think I think we'll do. I think I'll just do this last because there's a lot, and it's all. I mean, he's just a very engaging writer. But I'm going to read this last little part here. Like most other chefs I know, I'm amused when I hear people object to pork on non-religious grounds. Swine are filthy animals, they say. These people have obviously never visited a poultry farm chicken america's favorite food goes bad quickly handled carelessly it infects other foods with salmonella and it bores the hell out of chefs it occupies its ubiquitous place on menus as an option for customers who can't decide what they want to eat most chefs believe that supermarket chickens in this country are slimy and tasteless compared with european varieties pork on the other hand is cool farmers stopped feeding garbage to pigs decades ago and even if you eat pork rare you're more likely to win the lotto than to contract trichinosis pork tastes different depending on what you do with it but chicken always tastes like chicken he was he was going after me for that one <laughs> yeah that was a little directed at you um yeah i know he loves brandon loves pork he he's got the palate what is and david like chicken? chicken i'm a chicken i'm a chicken head <laughs> oh i love i mean i like chicken i like chicken a I lot love chicken i like chicken a lot but i mean the point is like you can't change chicken like you can you could cover it with more things but right. the meat right. itself does usually mm. just typically taste like chicken but that's not a bad thing um but yeah bourdain was the best uh, i've seen pretty much every episode of reservations and parts unknown uh obviously became a huge cultural thing bourdain because like he kind of split off the like 
I guess like the the uh, the daytime vacation of the Food Network of just like Emerald and you know all that type of stuff. He kind of brought it into like the cool hip smoking cigarette, you know, type of. Uh, hey, Emerald was was a prime time show. <laughs> Emerald Live. True. That was like seven p.m. True. probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. So there we go. Hopefully you weren't too Bourdain, uh, bored listening, bored Bourdain oh, listening to that. I wasn't until Ooh. you said that. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, then I guess there's just one left then, right? Let's do it. Where are they now? Let's see where they are. Dandin, Dandin. Uh, Danny, take it away. All oh, right. Uh, so this is the segment where Dave um, <laughs> looks through artists that we covered in our last season's 1980s Bournemouth tournaments, and he sees what they're up to now in 1999 for this episode. Yeah. Now being 1999. Exactly. Where are they now? Yep. Ex- exactly. We're going to check in on a few more uh, Bordeman artists uh, before we say goodbye to this beautiful decade known as the 90s. My first question for you guys is, where is Kenny Loggins after all this time? Like, oh, we haven't really checked in on him that much. Wait, no, we, we <laughs> did. You showed the picture of Kenny Loggins that one episode. No, I, I, I've checked in on Loggins the most. Oh, yeah. Out of anybody. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I forgot. let's check in on him one more time. In 1999, he appeared as himself, that's cool, on the television show Dharma and Greg in the episode Tie Dying the Knot. When Kenny performs at Abby and Larry's wedding, he plays Danny's song in a beat Nicky type black turtleneck. Uh, very fun. Uh, the cameo made a big impact on Kenny's life, and after the successful appearance, he was inspired to start a short lived super duo with the co creator of Dharma and Greg called Loggins and Lori. Uh, short lived. Okay, and for our last, <laughs> where are they now? I really thought when you said we're going to check in on them, I thought we were about to see something, like actually what this television appearance looked like, and we did not. We just got a description. I could show you, but it won't really be worth it. Um, okay. Okay, and this is our f- last like story of the where are they now. I'm getting a little sentimental thinking about it, but... I got one last question for you guys. It's, where the heck is Survivor? Well, in late September 1999, Sullivan, who had brought forth another lawsuit against Jameson, (laughs) won ownership of the name Survivor, thereby ending the ongoing trademark battle between the two former bandmates. And believe me, Sullivan and crew were relieved to no longer have to perform under the less desirable band name, Overcomer. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring to it as Survivor, so... I'm glad I'm glad they got that uh, resolved just in time to become the second most culturally important Survivor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in time. Right, just in time. Is that, oh, is that yes. behind Terry Shavo or, or the TV show? Wow. <laughs> It's behind the, the popular reality show brand. You know yes. this. But that's not it. Because we lastly have to cover the three most anticipated albums by former Bordeman artists to come out in 1999. First, 
you'd be hard-pressed to find two bigger biatches in this world than Karma and Rick Springfield. And honey, that's why they're joining forces on April 13th for Rick Springfield's album entitled Karma. Are you guys excited for 1999 no. yeah. Rick Springfield? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the one song for the board event was pretty good. Remember that song? Yeah. The 80s Rick Springfield song was, it was fine. Like, if I remember, we went crazy about it the first minute, and then it kind of trailed off. <laughs> That's why you should be excited about his 1999 release, Prayer, from the album Karma. Let's check it out. Is this Everybody Wants to Rule the World? That would be Hey, still got it. It's everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah, but but improved upon with rasp. (laughs) And it had the really loud uh, drum snare. It it was. It sounded like uh, one headlight. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it does actually. Good call. Well, that's not all, Brandon. Because okay, I hope you didn't lose that exterminators number. Because on July sixth of ninety nine, we're having a rat problem. That's right. <laughs> Rat is back with oh. the self-titled album Rat. Yep. Pure rats. And by the way, they're fucking rocking harder than ever. <laughs> Check out this track. It's called It Ain't Easy, a perfect rock and roll title for an amazing rock and roll return to Rat. Rip it. <laughs> they're ripping. Like hard edged guitars, what rats is known for. Somebody look me over. Good lord. Somebody let me know. Please tell me if I'm still here. Like a Tom DeLong almost. Why can't I be alone? <laughs> like for a second. <laughs> I know you're still breathing. Cause you're still bleeding. Okay. Well, it is. it does sound more ratty. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's true. More like Nim. Secret, yeah. <laughs> Secret of Nim. I can't imagine people who liked Rat enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The only uh, Exterminators number that I still have is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nice. Oh, shit. You have his number? <laughs> <laughs> Call him. Yeah, can yeah. you please get him on the show? Get him on the show. Love Arnold. Uh, well... I, we had to end on this last note. This is so important for us. People say print is dead, but I think it could be saved by the founding of a periodical named the Clapton Chronicle. Ugh. That's right. <laughs> Our guy's back <laughs> yet again on October 12th, 1999. You thought you, you couldn't get rid of Rat. You can't get rid of Clapton, Dave, for sure. Dave, you got to stop celebrating this guy, man. <laughs> it's hard to get rid of the clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> October 12th, 1999. The hotly anticipated release of Clapton Chronicles, the best of Eric Clapton, 
compilation and it's a great hits disc but that doesn't mean he doesn't got a few new tracks up his filthy little sleeve including this next one entitled i get lost by eric clapton it's the clapton chronicles wow he should have just collaborated with rat <laughs> well don't speak too soon brandon Wow, smooth jazz. Oh, it sounds like that song I like from Vermouths. I'm sorry. Why should I say I'm sorry? If I hurt you. My God. You know you've hurt me too, but you get lost. Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. <God. laughs> David sounded like. Z- Where do you go? Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> David sounded like Zuccaro. Yeah, it really <laughs> does. Doesn't your dad like Zuccaro? My dad loves Zuccaro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds like that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. L- look, man, it's pure Crapton. Pure <laughs> Eric Crapton. <laughs> hey, man, but he's still doing it. I'm still doing I, it. I, I, I now I want to re-listen to Rick Springfield because I think I might appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Dave. Dave is like I am the Clapton now. <laughs> I know how much you guys love Clapton, so I always, every time I find him, I try to bring him up. Dandin, dandin. Um, but that's all we got, and that was a perfect note to end on. Clapton has given us so much in the '90s. Um, as we say goodbye to this promising decade that showed a lot of love and pain and but everything really, but it's great. It's great to know that we we did it all. We did all we could. We covered all of the most important topics of the nineties, the entire decade, everything that you need to know you you could get from this podcast. It's been a long journey, uh, a very long journey. Probably won't do this again. Maybe. I don't know. If we do, maybe we'll revamp it in some capacity. Yeah, why not? Well, this is... uh, It's been fun. And Zach, very glad you came back for this to close out the decade. Yes. I'd like to say something that I've wanted to say for, you know, 20-something years now. Hey, it's the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Very, very happy that we were able to give you a platform uh, to to express that. The platform that only you'll listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I I can't I can't listen to myself. Uh, so your, your listenership is going to go down drastically. Oh damn! Shit. <laughs> well, me and Dan will listen to it for sure. Yeah, uh, I, okay, I so. yeah I listen so. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is this is the beginning of the end of the decade uh you know we have uh, a tournament left and yeah, uh, another uh, an, and then another episode zach what is your uh what is your social media stuff oh i my social media is uh you can find me on twitter at dr zach jones uh that's doctor spelt out Ooh. zach with an h 
Uh, I guess I'm. You could find I'm less interesting on Instagram. I guess you could find me there though. Uh, but uh, and uh, oh, and uh, by the time this is airing, uh, Lent will be over, so I will uh, be back on Twitter. Uh, so I'll be fresh yeah. and uh, bad as as ever. <laughs> if I could uh, recommend one thing, it is to check out Left Night on. It's on YouTube, but it's also live on Twitch at Two MB Studios every thursday at 7 30 uh and uh, uh get mad at the world with us and and uh, then get mad at us in the comments because uh, we have a lot of fun with that yeah great thank you so much zach yeah thanks for bearing with this ridiculously long show yeah and please come back <laughs> yeah oh yeah absolutely Thank you. Well, this has uh, been Dan and Bravo, 1999. I am presenter Brandon. I can't wait to um, not look up, not try to find interesting food articles um, from the 90s. <laughs> uh, yeah, presenter Danny here saying goodbye to Bravo 90s. Um, very sad, but... Not as sad as it's been for all the people going through the terrible weather of this decade. <laughs> yeah. It's a little sadder for us, I think, to say goodbye to this decade than it was for people to lose their homes. Yeah, I think it was yeah. a little sadder for us, you know, that, now that I think about it. Um, yeah, we're losing our podcast material. It, it was a good idea that we left the bad weather and disasters in the 90s. It was so, so 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one last moment of silence for us having to deal with the grief of losing the 90s Dan and Bravos. But it's been a good time. Learned a lot. Plus, we relearned a lot of things. Like, some things I forgot about, now I'll remember for at least a year or so, <laughs> and then forget about again. But had a lot of good times. Celebrity sex, gossip, art, fashion, politics. Love you guys. Keep in touch. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Have a good summer. Have a yeah. good summer. Uh, I think we should do it again in the 2000s, maybe. Uh, revamp it, maybe change it a little bit. Shorten it, maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway, Dave Palone, see you next decade. Yeah. Bye. Hashtag white, white boy summer. Hashtag white boy summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chad X. Oh, no. White boy millennium. Hash boy. Hash, hash boy. Hash, hash boy. White boy. Hash boy. <laughs> White Boy Millennium. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Danden Brave Presents. If you like the kind of thing you heard today, why not please rate and review us on iTunes? You can follow us on Twitter at Danden Brave and on Instagram at Danden Brave Presents. God bless you all. And may forgotten podcaster Danden Brave live on forever in our ears.